And now, introducing a man who only wanted me to call Sam Sesums just to hear me say the name Sam Sesums with my lisp. Why not CCBC Essex next time, jerk? He is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn, he's Paul. Papa Cass is here. I've got her on another assignment today. She has to pay attention. She has to... We were talking about... Uh, we, had a, we had a chat with her... What what is that? What is the title of the person? Your professor? Your advisor? What's the? We we need her mic on. See, see, you're not the only one. Other people make mistakes too. My professor. Your professor. Yeah. And your your professor said, "What's some? What's somewhere where cast can improve?" And I said, "Well, we just had a conversation about this. We just talked about focus. We could all improve in that department, frankly. Um, So I'm gonna force her. I'm gonna force her hand." In terms of focus today, because she's got to be uh, she's got to be doing something else instead of running the board. Uh, a lot to do on the program today. Coming up a little bit later on, perhaps you've heard of Grayson Rodriguez. He is the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. He, of course, is you know within the Orioles system currently with the Norfolk Tides. We're assuming that at some point soon we're going to see him in Baltimore. We're going to chat with him about what are the final things he wants to accomplish before he makes his Major League debut. That's coming up a little bit later on. Just a few minutes, uh, Delegate Brooke Learman is going to join us. Um, we want to talk to her about HB 896 and some other light. I did not know, for example, that there was another uh, sports safety measure, a bill that passed in the legislative session that she had sponsored and authored. It's the Elijah Gorham Act, uh, named after, unfortunately, the Mervo football player who passed away tragically a year ago. And it speaks to safety measures that still needed to be taken at the high school level. We remember that Delegate Learman co-sponsored the uh, Jordan McNair Safe and, F- uh, Play- Safe and Fair Play Act a couple years ago that um, brought some important safety measures to the college level. This one expands that to the high school level. We're going to talk to her about that as well. She's also running for comptroller. And, again, that's neat because I'm not fully certain exactly what a comptroller does. But I know it's important, so we'll chat about that. Uh, Also this morning, Patrick Stevens will join us as he does every Tuesday. Marilyn Lacrosse got a test from Ohio State but ended up pulling away significantly uh, during that game. So just another big win over another top-ranked team because that's what they do. Um, but what did, what did we learn about what it's going to take for somebody to beat Maryland? We'll talk to him about that. Also, uh, Paul mentioned Sam Sesums, who's interesting to me. He averaged 12 points a game at Penn State last year and transfers to Coppin State. That's just not a path you typically see players take. So we will talk to Patrick about that as well. All that coming up on the program today. And you never know what uh, when somebody else might be checking in. I got a couple messages out with folks, and we'll see how that plays out. So before we do any of that, for those that are new, um, we got an interesting dynamic here because I don't, I don't actually care about what's happening for the most part night in and night out with the baseball games. I know what it is that I'm watching. The team's not good. And so because of that, I'm able to de- detach myself entirely. But Paul cares very deeply and desperately. Every, as you'll know if you follow him on Twitter, at Paul Valley the Third, he is very worked up about... Th- Things that are otherwise innocuous related to the baseball games. So I give him the opportunity to try to sell me on why it is that why I should care about something that happened in any particular baseball game. The Orioles dropped the opener out in Oakland last night, but they did not get no hit. Got that going for us, which is nice. 
Now I turn it over for 60 seconds to our one-minute man. He is Paul Valley. All right. So the, the things that you should care about last night was the pitching from Spencer Watkins and the pitching from uh, Keegan Aiken. Now, Spencer Watkins, he went five innings, gave up one run, only had the one strikeout, doesn't seem to have a wipeout pitch uh, with two strikes, got to a lot of two-strike counts. However, the curveball looks really good, big looping curveball, and he added two miles per hour to his average fastball velocity, so that looks good. Orioles need starting pitching in their rotation. He started out strong last year and kind of faded, so we'll keep our we'll take this with a grain of salt but hopefully it's something that we can look forward to Keegan Aiken finding his niche in the bullpen last night he pitched two innings no hits no runs uh, 25 pitches 21 strikes I think he's thrown 12 balls all year in seven and two-thirds innings pitched he has five strikeouts and a point a 0.26 whip so it looks like he's just attacking the zone and attacking hitters and maybe he's carving out a role for himself for the future of this team not in the rotation but as a swing man in the bullpen and when your pitching's bad when you have young pitchers you need those guys. All right. So a couple of responses. One, as always, I allow Paul. Let it, he gets his. He gets. His, look, man, that man can deliver for one minute, and I'm not going to stop him. All right. I want to make that very clear. Did that make you care about any of it, Papa Cast? Did you? No. Yeah, I cared all about it. Oh yeah, look at you. All right, this is my girl. There She's got go. my back. There I'm just telling you. Um, a couple things that jump out at me from last night. One. Uh, were people? I I just because I wasn't fully paying attention. Were people at all worked up about when they pulled Spencer Watkins? Considering um, some people were, but he in that in that fifth inning he was kind of getting hit hard, and I thought it was appropriate at it, 67 pitches. Well, and, the, and the sixth inning went so well that yeah, that was um that was a debacle. I, I've been saying it. I, I watched him on opening day. Ramon Arias, two routine ground balls. And he bounced throws. Ryan Mountcastle saved him. One Mountcastle couldn't save him last night. He doesn't have the arm to play third base. But Brandon Hyde loves him some Ruggie Odor, and he has to put him in the well, lineup I, day I in and day out. I, so, don't, I don't know if you know, but the only reason why they scored a run last night was because of your boy Ruggie Odor. Actually, it was because Austin Hayes hit a double well, to score Odor he, from he first a, base. Yes, but he was the only one that got on base at that point. And yes. then Hayes got on base because the guy couldn't get wh- Look, whoever. I don't even know who the guy was that was playing right field that couldn't catch the ball. Seth Brown. Sure, if you say so. I don't, a, I'll tell you, I would have ca- caught that ball. I, I think most of us would have, but I have no problem with the fact that Austin Hayes was credited with a double because mm. we needed a hit. Um, <laughs> so if, if he hadn't been credited with a double, I don't know if we would have gotten a hit. So it is what it is. Um, I don't have an issue with it, but the only reason they scored a run is because Rudy Odor got on base. I, I, I tweeted out last night. I don't care who the player is. If Spencer Watkins and, Ru- and Ruth Nettodor... I, I, I know have, people are very... They were waiting for this moment for you to say, I'm okay with it. If, if, I want to make it clear. It's okay if the players are good. If Ruth Nettodor <laughs> and Spencer Watkins have solid seasons, yeah. I don't care what your name is. I don't care who you yeah. are. As long as you play well, I'm good with it. I'm still not convinced that either one of them are going to be. Well, you're uh, just selling me on Spencer Watkins. You were just you used your 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 one minute that you get that you're he, capable of. He pitched. To sell me on Spencer Watkins. He pitched Watkins. the best that he's pitched in an Orioles uniform last night, and I'm willing to see what he can do from here. I but you have to do it more than once to me for me. If you can if he can do a, do this for a month, if he can give if he can pitch to a four or five ERA for a month, okay, that's a number five starter on any big league team. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. I just I'm yeah, not inclined I, to believe that he. Can. I, I yeah, I'm not worked up about Spencer Watkins. I there's to to me last night is the perfect example of nope, none of this matters. None of this matters whatsoever, and it's bummer. It, it is a little embarrassing that you get your butt kicked by a, a the the second worst team in baseball's B squad. Like 
That's a bit embarrassing, uh, but come on, it's baseball. The Orioles can't happen. hit, apparently. Well, they can't. I mean, like we know that. <laughs> well, but we thought that they could. Yeah, but we even thought the, that e- was going to be their strength. Even yes, the I guys that can hit aren't hitting. aren't hitting. Yes. Now, some of it has been bad luck for Trey Mancini. I understand that, and you know, there was a little bit of bad luck for Cedric Mullins in the beginning of the season. But there are there are certainly issues. Now, it's also a long season. And some of these guys' games are a bit more predicated on power, and so as the year goes on and the weather warms up, it's more likely that comes back into play. Right. So I'm not going to overreact to any of that either. This so even pass. the couple of guys that I actually concern myself about that are on this roster currently, I'm not worked up about any of that. Th- this is what happens when you're a bad baseball team. When you're a bad baseball team, you face a team that's decimated by COVID, and you and they're bad to begin with, and you can't beat them anyway because you're a bad baseball team. This is how bad baseball teams work. Who's pitching tonight? Um, they haven't announced it yet, but I'm inclined to believe it's Chris Ellis because he's on the taxi squad now, who and he's is that? in Oakland. I remember Chris Ellis from, yeah. uh, from the pet. He served um, himself well last year, sub-3 ERA. Sure. Six starts. Sure. Sure. We'll, we'll go with that. He's probably like another Spencer Chris, Watkins. I mean, he's, he's, a, right, he's a 4A guy. That's what mm-hmm. he is. Um, but God bless, he gets to, to masquerade as a baseball player again, and that's you know I'm, I'm happy when guys get those opportunities. Like Ruth Nettodor. No, he's actually a baseball player, Paul. He's been doing this for some time. I don't yeah. know if you remember. He has the biggest hit of the season. Not that, sure. That, if now you, it's just not a, sure if now you it's you just tug and cheek for me. Not, I'm not sure if you remember when that happened. Uh, no, last night uh, most certainly nothing about that uh, sticks out as having mattered whatsoever for I, me. I have a confession to make. Yeah. When they gave up those five, the, those oh, four you bailed? in the Did six, you bail? I was already falling asleep. Oh. I, I went to oh, bed. Oh, look at I, you. I, I opened my eyes in the eighth inning, up. and it was well, kind of, five I thought you one. Were, I thought you were a fan. I, I thought tried, you were man. a fan. I tried. I tried my darndest. But something about having to get up at 6.30 every morning makes think, that a little difficult. I think we can bring both of us down slightly today. Just slightly. I think we can bring both of our levels down a bit. Um, yeah, you can't get me to get worked up about it. You just can't. You couldn't get me to get to care to get worked up. I did poke in. I was actually mesmerized by the Warriors last night. Oh, my God. They did this bit where they didn't put their best players on the floor for, like, the first 18 minutes of the game. And they were just sort of, like, waiting. Like, hey, we know. We know. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's coming. They fell behind by 10. Everybody's freaking out like, oh, man, the Warriors could be in trouble. And then they waited, and they were like, okay, now here's the lineup with Curry, Thompson, Poole, and Draymond. Good luck. And then they just decimated. The Denver Nuggets, who I'm not sure if you're aware, have the the MVP of the NBA, decimated them, kicked their asses. It was like watching the Harlem Globetrotters Against the Washington Generals, man. The Warriors with Jordan Poole playing like this are a special kind of dangerous. And again, as a Phoenix Suns fan, that's particularly concerning for me because this is like my best chance of ever experiencing joy of a ba- as a basketball fan. And yeah, man, watching the Warriors last night and realizing they can put those four dudes on the floor whenever they want together. And what the F do you do about it? Because who the hell do you leave... The, a couple times last night, the Nuggets like, well, oh, I guess we have to leave Thompson. Pfft. All he does is just knock down tray after tray after tray after tray, and you're like, oh, right, he's one of the greatest players in basketball history. And Jordan Poole's playing better than any of them. It's nuts. It's nuts what they're bringing to the Steph table. Steph Curry, 30-plus points under 25 minutes. That dude can hit a shot from anywhere on the court yeah, on but, either side. But that's not even impressive for Steph Curry anymore. Yeah, that's just what you expect. In like, less than he's Steph Curry. Minutes, he's a monster. Yeah, he's insane. He's insane. They're just so bloody 
loaded. I know the Suns are a good defensive, a better defensive team than the Nuggets, so like you hope that they've got better answers, but I don't feel great about it. It doesn't get you excited to, to have Suns <sighs> Warriors in the, in the oh, Western I think Conference Suns Warriors in the Western Conference Finals would be just wonderful. I mean, it would be a bonanza for basketball. I'd actually watch that it would series. Be, it would be the type of ratings boost that you would... I mean, that that is compelling as F. It is so unbelievably compelling for the sport, the idea of getting Suns Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Um, I've got... I just don't feel good about it. You know what else I don't feel good about? Picking the Raptors to cover the spread. God! Brutal. Coming up a little bit later on today, we'll have Simply the Bets. Simply the Bets is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We do it every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m. We'll be joined by Aaron Oster from out in uh, Vegas at VEASAN, as well as uh, Leon Twyman, the assistant GM of the FanDuel Sportsbook. And I will try to pretend like I never said that I thought that the Raptors could cover one and a half games. They ain't doing that. I mean, again, the the Sixers won't have Tybal in Toronto, so maybe there's a chance the Raptors can figure out. But they look uh, like a mess, and the Sixers look really good. Like, I mean, the the Sixers look like a team that's figuring it out, and they're going to be a threat to win the East and make a push towards an NBA title. So that uh, that uh, that's frustrating for for me. Also frustrating last night, the Jazz look like the safest bet in human history. Right, Mavericks don't have Luka Doncic. No way they could win. No freaking way they could win. He's their only player. How could they possibly win without Luka Doncic? And Jalen Brunson came along. What do you know about Jalen Jalen Brunson, Papa Cass? What do you know about him, huh? Yeah, yeah. Nothing is the answer, isn't it? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Nothing's the answer. Not a thing. Yeah. Well, you might want to start learning about him. Forty-one effing points. Forty-one. They made twenty-two threes. Not crazy. That not that I'm bitter or anything. Thankfully, I just turned around and put all my money on the Warriors afterwards, and I got it all back. So I'm not I'm not too angry about that. And when I say all my money, yes, I mean the twenty dollars that I have to my name. I put all of it on the Warriors. Um, it was not like if you were looking for competitive games in the NBA playoffs, the only one that was competitive was the Jazz Mavericks game. Um, so it was kind of a disappointing night in that way. But if you were looking for exhibitions and displays, my God, the Warriors were mesmerizing, just mesmerizing as a basketball team. The way they move the ball, man, that's what makes the sun so compelling is the ball movement. Oh, it's that breathtaking stuff that we remember from the early stages of this Warriors run where the ball would just keep moving and it would be dizzying and you would just be like what sport are these guys playing because all you're used to in the nba is having the ball die in one player's hands until he either drives or takes a shot the warriors they just keep moving the basketball in order to find the open man it is so effing compelling i enjoyed that greatly you ever see the warriors movie Yes, I'm from. That's what you have to offer this morning. Yes. That's what you have to offer to the. There's, there's a dynamite observation from our guy Paul. <laughs> How often do you think they play that classic? Oh, constantly, Warriors. they do it constantly, Paul. They do I, it. I don't, constantly. I don't. I don't. I don't. That's what Paul had. That's what <laughs> you guys are wondering. What Paul brought to the table this morning? It's the NBA, man. I, it's, it's it's the playoffs. It matters now, Paul. We got Orioles baseball, man. No, that doesn't matter. It matters to me. I understand that. That might speak to a problem. Like, you might want to consider this. One is wonderful, compelling theater and people competing for a championship. The other is an S baseball game played in front of 12 people at the worst stadium that's ever existed. At 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> Seek help. Get things in order, man. 
<laughs> Get your house in line. Well, I got a show to host this weekend. It's on the week. Oh, oh man, I got a whole conversation. Got a whole. It's fine. God bless you. You can you can pay attention. To, you know what I did because I absolutely was flipping between the two until I realized one was not compelling whatsoever and the other was extraordinarily compelling. And then I said, I'm going to watch watch the one that's compelling. I'm not going to spend any more time with something that is in no ways entertaining, compelling, or meaningful whatsoever. And I'm going to probably say that many more times during the course of the next few months while one, one sport competes for a championship and the Orioles don't do that they do something else altogether i did that once before the west coast game and i completely missed stevie wilkerson earning his way into the hall Ah, of fame ah, and i told myself never again and then last night truly truly breathtaking captivating moment that no one else on the face of the planet knows ever happened it's still history he's still in the hall of fame no no he's not in the hall of fame his name is in the hall of fame for being the only position player to earn his memorabilia went to the hall of fame his name's in there (laughs) Well, I don't even know if it's on display anymore. It might not be on display anymore. They put Probably. things on display for a little while, and, and then, then they, they put other out. things on display. Damn, I thought they kept it in there. No. there's a, How big would the building have to be to keep every piece of memorabilia Meadow on display forever? I, it would have to be far bigger than that. If every From every little weird, quirky anomaly in baseball history, no offense to Stevie Wilkerson, good guy and all, but that's not actually meaningful. It's an anomaly. It's a quirk. It's not actual history. So you're saying that Jeff Mantos forecast yeah, I'm home going runs to guess that, that aren't still last, there. I'm gonna guess that didn't last very long. I'm gonna guess that was on display for like now I have no reason a to half go. a second. Yeah, I know. Why I would you go to the Jeff Hall of Manto Fame? It was the Jeff Man- I get it. I get it. It's definitely the reason why you go to the Hall of Fame is to see something from Jeff Manto. That's what everybody always says when they get there. They arrive in Cooperstown. They demand. They walk <laughs> up to the. Hey, hey, where's hey! the Manto display? Manto or nothing. <laughs> Drove all the way to Cooperstown. <laughs> I better get my Manto fix. <laughs> I remember those days. That was a fun time. He was a solid little play till he yeah. got hurt. Till he got hurt. He got hurt and came Let's back. Let's not oversell that either. He was having a nice season until he got hurt. Okay. He was okay. He had a and nice t- stretch of at bats. And then he got hurt. Yeah. Well. And was not. It was the same. all over for him. Uh, Orioles and Athletics again tonight out in Oakland, the uh, second game of that set. Um, I, it, somebody asked me yesterday why it is that I don't talk about visits, like players that we find out for the draft are visiting the Ravens, because I've told you a billion times it's irrelevant. It does not the, – that the Ravens don't exclusively – you learn nothing from who their visits are with. Sometimes they purposely do visits as smoke screens. Sometimes they, they do everything in their power to make sure you don't know that a certain player is visited. Like, you know, Lamar Jackson once upon a time. It means nothing. It is irrelevant. Say, well, but it's interesting to see what kind of players. Nope. Nope, it's not. No, it is not. You learn nothing from it. Other than they're visiting. That's the extent of what you learn today. Uh, Dalvin Cook's little brother visited the Ravens. Cool. Neat. Does that mean the Ravens are in the market for a running back? Maybe. Maybe not. We know they were interested in Melvin Gordon, at least enough to bring him in for a visit. They're a team that runs the ball a lot, and they were decimated when two running backs got hurt a year ago, so it makes sense for them to want to have another running back on the roster that they believe could play. That would make sense. Does that mean it's going to be somebody they draft or someone they draft early? Nope. Not necessarily. Could it be? Sure, it could be. This is. I just don't waste my time. I don't waste my time with the press conference. I don't waste my time with visits. You're, you you want to believe you're learning something, but you ain't learning anything. So that's the reason why it is that I don't discuss it. 
All right. Um, because of her schedule, she's actually an important person. We're not. We had to do this a little bit earlier on today. Just a, actually a quick reminder. The Baltimore Police Department, they are looking for some folks. Still, you can join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. Let's try to make ourselves smarter by chatting with Delegate Brooke Learman right here on Glenn Clark Radio. We've gotten to know our next guest over the last couple of years. She was instrumental, a co-sponsor of the Jordan McNair Safe and Fair Play Act. And uh, there was some more sports-related legislation that was on the docket during this year's legislative session. We want to talk to her about that. And she's running for comptroller as well, which is great because I'm looking forward to finding out what a comptroller does. Joining us now, <laughs> she is our friend, Delegate Brooke Learman. Back with us here on GCR. Delegate, it's uh, Glenn. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here again. It's great to chat with you again. Let me let me start, if I could, we'll go back to the Jordan McNair Act, because I remember chatting with you then about how the NIL side of it, the idea was let's push the NCAA to action so that Maryland doesn't have to be a state that does this independently, that this should be something that exists. And, of course, we know that you know, states like Maryland passing these bills did push the NCAA to action. Um, there has since been some some pushback. People are unhappy. Hey, my favorite player left my school because they could make more money at another school. Or, um, you know, the idea that maybe it's not... I, I assume that nothing about what you've seen has changed your opinion that athletes deserve the right to be able to profit off of their own name, image, and likeness. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I think... You know, and we've seen now the NCAA move towards that. So, you know, feel very, um, you know, uh, that we were doing the right thing in Maryland. We were ahead of the curve and really proud that our athletes um, have access to their name, image and likeness to earn income. The the other side of it, of course, was about athlete safety. And of course, whenever we use the name Jordan McNair, we remember the, the tragedy that was at the University of Maryland. How... You know, in the follow-up to this becoming law, how happy have you been with what's been implemented? Do you feel like the bill did what you wanted to do to prevent further tragedies like the one that the McNair family experienced? Yeah, I mean, that's so much of what we need to focus on, right, is is to learn from tragedy to help make sure that nobody has died in vain and that we are learning and doing better for future generations. And Certainly, Jordan McNair's parents feel very strongly about that. I've worked closely with his father, and he started the Marty. He started the Jordan McNair Foundation and is working to improve safety standards for our college student athletes and now also for our high school student athletes. So I, I bring that up because I know that this year, and it, it didn't get, yeah, and, and I remember us talking about it, right? Like that part of tying it in with NIL was good because it got more attention because of it a couple years ago. I yeah, feel like exactly. this year there wasn't quite as much attention about the Elijah Gorham Act. And I think a lot of people remember the story of Elijah Gorham and, and what happened, uh, Mervo football player, uh, last fall. Can you tell me about how the Elijah Gorham Act came about in in partnership with the Jordan McNair Foundation and what uniquely this bill was for, you know, it, it separated from the original Jordan McNair Safe and Fair Play Act? Sure, absolutely. You know, um, Jordan's father, Marty, has been working through the Jordan McNair Foundation now on not just college athlete safety standards, but also high school athlete safety standards. And so 
We began by looking at recently adopted legislation in Florida um, to heighten safety standards for our high school athletes there, even before the incredibly tragic death of um, young man uh, Elijah Gorham at a football game um, here in Baltimore City. And and after that, it just became that much more urgent that we really do everything that we can to ensure that there's a plan of action if, you know, when and if tragedy strikes um, and an emergency um, befalls our student athletes. And so worked with the McNair Foundation to review what other states were doing and then talked with some of the experts here in Maryland, you know, namely our athletic trainers, um, our uh, secondary sports leagues to talk with them about how we could improve safety standards, you know, ensuring that every school has an emergency action plan so that, you know, people, our coaches, our assistant coaches and trainers know what to do. Um, and there's no, you know, no missed opportunities that people know how to react at a moment's notice when there's a tragedy, that they practice that, that there are um, that parents know what's happening, so the parents know what emergency action plans are, and so that there are AEDs and um, cold water tanks available for every uh, for every athlete, um, you know, in every school rather. So there's a lot that we worked on to make sure we can improve things, and we worked closely with Elijah's parents as well, of course, to make sure that we were honoring um, their son. And, you know, we were, I was really honored to be able to work with them on this legislation in memory of their son and to hopefully prevent future tragedies like what happened with um, with Elijah. Delegate Brooke Learman is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Delegate, in everything related to specifically the heat and heat stroke, I, I remember there was a story last spring, so the spring of 2021, about a lacrosse player whose heart stopped at Loyola Blakefield. And I get that's a, you know, a private school versus a public school. But yep. there, there was something, and I, and I can't remember the name of the equipment that they had, that they were able to immediately resuscitate this young man, and, and he was completely fine in a situation that, that could have been utterly tragic. Was, right. was that story something that you all thought about, and, and is it important that that type of equipment is available at all public school sporting events as well as private school sporting events? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, there are also um, instances around the country where we've seen other instances of that happen. And what we see is that you need not only the equipment, but you need coaches and trainers to be trained Mm. to use the equipment. Mm -hmm. And you need to have a plan to use the equipment, right? That's what you really need all of those ingredients to save somebody's life. And that's what the Elijah Gorham Act is all about. It's about saying, you know, schools need to have sufficient AEDs, those automated external defibrillators, um, to ensure that they are accessible very quickly from whether it's a football field or a basketball court or a lacrosse field, right, to make sure that they're very easily accessible. You don't have to get a key to unlock them. Right. We don't have that type of time. Right, exactly. You don't have that type of time. You can't go find the principal to unlock the case to get the AED, right? It has to be easily accessible. The trainers and coaches have to be trained on how to use it, and they have to have designated roles, right? They have to know, okay, this is the coach who's going to call 911. This is the coach who's going to grab the AED and use it. You know, the the trainer's going to be with the other players, right? There needs to be a plan in place, and that's that's really how you save lives, and that's what the Elijah Gorham Act is all about, which is why I'm so 
thrilled we were able to pass it. Well, and it's important too because you know, again, I'm not trying to uh, disparage it, but like you know, at a place like Loyola Blakefield, there are assets that maybe make it easier for these things to happen. At right. every public school in the state those assets might not quite be the same and it might be situations where a lot of people are being asked to do a lot of things and being spread quite thin just to make athletics possible. But right. we can't be doing that at the risk of the health and the safety of the young people in our states. Right. Absolutely. I mean, and parents have the right to expect that, you know, yep. when you sign up to have your child play lacrosse or basketball or track, you know, you are, of course, there's risk in every activity, but you want to know and have faith that the school system where your child attends has the resources at its disposal to do everything necessary to save your child's life, should it be necessary, right? And I mean, you know, we owe that to every parent um, and to every child who enters our schools. And so, you know, as a mom and as a former high school athlete, I, I feel very strongly about this um, sort of, you know, these important requirements and really thrilled to Senator Shelley Hedelman was our state senator who worked with me on it and really thrilled we were able to work to pass it um, this year. So, you know, we introduced it this year and passed it this year, which was great. Before I move, because I want to talk to you about a couple other things, but it, does this, what what is the timeline? Like when we talk about AEDs, does this confirm that AEDs are going to be at every school at every like what what does this act tangibly mean for these safety requirements moving forward and what's the timeline for it yeah there will be AEDs at every school um and or there already are in fact there should be an AED at every school but now there will be enough to be available within a brief walk and they Okay. Be sort of in locked closets, right? Okay. Um, this was passed and enrolled, so we're hopeful that the governor will sign the bill, and then it goes into effect on July first. So as of July first, um, you know, our local school systems will have to start working with their principals and with their coaches to develop uh, emergency action plans for every single sport, um, and to ensure that there's uh, sufficient AEDs available um, for all of the different teams to use easily and cold water immersion facilities as well. All right. The other sports-related bill that for sports fans it was particularly interesting during this legislative session was HB 896, Delegate, which, of course, I, I, I thought meant there was, like, all this new money that was going to the stadiums. And it was later explained to me, no, they can borrow more money to, yeah. to put towards stadium upgrades. So can you... You know, again, remembering I'm the guy that's not still fully sure exactly what a comptroller does. So remember who you're talking to. Can you explain to me plainly? Because, you know, a lot of people panic when they hear numbers like $1.2 billion of public money that's being spent. Like, and they're like, well, what the hell? Is that, is that how we're supposed to be spending public money? Can you explain right. exactly what HB 896 means specifically for the downtown stadiums? Yeah. So it's a, it's really exciting for downtown areas and for all sports fans. Um, so basically what it means is that we are going to increase the amount of either taxable or tax-exempt bonds that the Maryland Stadium Authority may issue. So this is not tax dollars going to, you know, it's not $1.2 billion of tax dollars. It's bonds that the Maryland Stadium Authority can issue, and that means, you know, bondholders buy them, and they're backed by um, money from the state. But the bonding, the bond money themselves is $1.2 billion, and that is split evenly between the football and baseball stadiums and the sports facilities related to their operation. 
Um, and it will be, you know, it'll be up to $600 million at Camden Yards for construction, renovation, related expenses, and same for football, uh, you know, same for M&T Bank. I mean, it's, it's really exciting because this money is long overdue to help really upgrade the areas around the stadium, right. um, you know, create more of an entertainment space. Of course, there's already plans to create more of an entertainment district on, along all of Warner Street, right? We have Top Golf coming yep. in. Um, and there's a, 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 pro, a venue right there for yeah. concerts, right? It's going to be really, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. I was just at the Orioles game last Friday when they won and there's going to be even more, um, you know, more coming to the area, which will be really phenomenal. I think for fans, uh, and for the region delegate, what is important, you know, I, I, I guess the question becomes who do, do the stadium authority of course represents the state. And does the stadium authority have the final say in how the money is spent or the teams? How are they involved? And, and, I, and I say that because like when this was announced, I had people reach out to me and say things like, hey, if we're spending public money, I feel like we should be bringing back the state high school football championship games to the stadium, right? Like that, right. that, 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 that there should be a public benefit to public money that's being spent. And I didn't think that was an unreasonable thought. In fact, I said, no, not at all. you know, it makes not a lot of sense. So how is this now governed now that we know that can be borrowed? Who has final say and how the money is spent? How does this work moving forward? Sure. So the Maryland Stadium Authority, which has a board of directors that's appointed by the governor, um, will, will work with both teams to determine um, how the money is spent. Um, but, you know, sort of setting aside this money, the Camden Yards, you know, it's a publicly owned stadium, yep. um, unlike the Commander Stadium, right? So I certainly think it's not unreasonable at all to say we should be playing, you know, our high school baseball and softball championship games, you know, in Camden Yards. Absolutely. I think those are the sorts of things that we um, should really make happen and that are of great public benefit. And I think one of the things that we should get out of having such a beautiful and, you know, nationally recognized mm-hmm. stadium in our in our state. And I understand there was pushback when the Ravens switched to grass because playing so many games is not ideal for the but you know, I mean, come on. This yeah. is yeah. this is a serious investment that we're making. I feel like there's got to be a way to figure out a way to make this possible. I just feel like yeah. uh, we got to be capable yeah. of that <laughs> delicate. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Totally. Uh, You you know, I think it's really exciting. It's great to see. And it'll yield, um, I think, really, I hope, you know, with good investment and good oversight from the Maryland Stadium Authority. And of course, I will tell you, here's what the comptroller does, right? Um, When money goes out the door from the state, the comptroller sits on the Board of Public Works to make to help make sure that it's being spent well. um, And that anybody who gets a state contract is upholding their end of the deal and that we're really getting best value for the state. Um, That's, you know, part of an important job of uh, the comptroller. So So, excited to be able to be there and help make sure this money is really getting best value for all Marylanders. So let me give you an opportunity to talk about your campaign because I I, I am being a bit playful when I say that. I kind of know what a comptroller does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I well, certainly don't know every day-to-day responsibility of a comptroller, but yeah. I kind of oh, get it. Yeah, of course. No, no. It's, um, it's really exciting. You know, it's one of the comptroller is a fascinating uh, role in Maryland, a really important, um, it's an important job, right? Helping to be the elected CFO of the state of Maryland. Um, I've served on the budget committees in Maryland, and I'm the chair of the Joint Pension Committee right now, so I've had the opportunity to interact with the comptroller's office frequently over the years. 
So here's how I break it down. The Comptroller, three things. One, it's one of only three independently elected positions, statewide positions here in Maryland. We've got the governor, the attorney general, and the comptroller, right? So really important to have a strong voice there, looking out for people, ensuring we get best value. The comptroller also sits on a number of really important state boards. That's number two. So there's the Board of Public Works, like I just mentioned, which really holds the power of the purse here in the state of Maryland. Also sits on the State Retirement and Pension Board, right, helping oversee our $70 billion of investments for 415,000 state retirees. So really using all the federal money that's coming in because of the Infrastructure Act in a way that really builds local businesses, right, and tackles some of the economic challenges and disparities that we see in the state. Um, And then the third role... Sorry to remind everyone, um, I am running to be the next state tax collector. Mm. Um, so mm. there too, though, right? Well, really that, essential. It all, it really all went away. All, we, we liked you, and now it's all gone. Yeah, I know. I just blew it. Yeah. yeah. So but it's essential, right, that we have somebody who's really accessible and transparent, accountable, great customer service, getting people their refunds as quickly as possible, and um, being there to answer questions and help. And, you know, I'd love to have a taxpayer advocate office within the comptroller's office, which is something we don't have yet, um, but other states do. So there's a lot of great work we can do in the comptroller's office. I'm really excited about it. I know people can follow you. It's at Brooke E. Learman, L-I-E-R-M-A-N, on Twitter. And it's brooklearman.com is the website for your campaign, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Just brooklearman.com. Very good. Delegate Learman, uh, we wish you well. We always appreciate you taking the time for us. Thank you for explaining all of these things so clearly for people that bitch about sports for a living um, and (laughs) don't have to worry about real life issues. Really appreciate taking the time. Best of luck and let's chat again soon. All right. Thank you so much for all you do. Have a good one. That's Delegate Brooke Lehrman, who again is running for comptroller. Appreciate her taking the time to lay that all out for us and, and make it so that even dullards like me can understand it. All right, hey, if you missed it, Stan the Fan had a busy day yesterday. He and Ross Grimsley caught up with former Orioles pitcher Steve Johnson, and then he had another uh, lengthy conversation talking about HB 896 with Tom Kelso, of course, the uh, chairman of the Maryland Stadium Authority. If you missed either of those, find them right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com slash video for those two conversations. When we come back in, we're going to chat with Patrick Stevens, as we do every Tuesday, talk a little college sports. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. 
Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR on a Tuesday edition of the program. If you're not playing Underdog Fantasy Football, get on it. UnderdogFantasy.com. Download the Underdog app. Use the code PRESSBOX when you make your first deposit up to $100. We will match it with free money for you to play with. It's Underdog Fantasy Football. They've got the daily, the weekly fantasy games you're used to. Plus, you can feel like you're betting, which you still can't do on your phone or on your computer, and that's frustrating here in the state of Maryland. But you can play underdog and feel like you're betting with player props, parlays, things along those lines. Again, underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. From our buddy Matt Torper, who checks in and says, I'm like Paul. I somehow care more about a terrible baseball team than the NBA playoffs. That's the consequences of no Baltimore NBA team, I guess. And I think I get so gorged on basketball from the NCAA tournament that I don't have any room left for the sport for a while. Now, that's weird. That's very weird. Like, can you not watch college football in the NFL? Like, I, I don't get that part of it all. No, I certainly agree. It's why you, we don't cover basketball during the regular season at all. During the, We don't cover NBA basketball during the regular season at all. With no team here, what, what would we possibly cover? What would anybody care about? It's the NBA regular season. No one cares. Um, and certainly there are, there is no amount of Wizards fandom within Baltimore that does not exist, no matter how desperately people have wanted it to be the case. There's a minor amount. There is, as I've said a million times, there's a small amount of Capitals fandom. It ain't what the people that are Capitals fans in Baltimore think Baltimore loves the Capitals. That's not remotely true. There is, we have done all of the extensive research that can be done to see if there is any way, because trust me, every company that has anything to do with sports would love to figure out a way to profit off of it. It is a very small number. It's a very minor amount of Capitals fandom that exists. I, I feel like most people in Baltimore, it's not that they hate the Capitals, they just don't care. Oh, that's no, it's, how I that's feel. exactly what it is. It's just irrelevant, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 overwhelmingly that. There's even less of amount of that for the Wizards. So we just don't cover uh, NBA in the regular season, but in the playoffs, people care because you know it's the playoffs. In fairness, it's not all that dissimilar to college basketball during the season. You care about Maryland, or you care about your own team locally. Um, but you just don't care about 
no, the average person couldn't tell you like who the players are on the Creighton basketball roster, but suddenly we get to the NCAA tournament and people care. So it's not all that dissimilar to that. John Proctor, the only NBA stuff I watch is from winning time. Well, that's, you know what? We agree about that. We agree. Oh, I didn't watch uh, Better Call Saul last night. Oh, damn it. I got to get on that. I didn't either because I got to get on that. Playing. Oh, yeah, right. So you got to prioritize terrible baseball. So that, I, I, re- I recorded to it you. to watch. I also recorded the E60 on Joe Paterno. Oh, right. Yeah, I do want to watch that. I do want And I believe the Greg Norman uh, 30 for 30 is tonight. It may be. I I'll have to record that, that I too. I believe that's tonight. All right. So joining us now, as he does every Tuesday, of course, he covers college sports. You read his stuff in the Washington Post and USA Lacrosse Magazine. You follow him on Twitter at Discourse. He has our buddy Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Patrick, good morning, my friend. How are you? I am well, Glenn. How are you doing? Today? I'm all right. Um, I, you know, the Maryland game, I, I got to watch the majority of it on Saturday, and I found myself saying – you know, it's one, an example of just how good Maryland is, that they were pushed, they were tested, and they still ultimately ended up winning going away. But did it provide a blueprint for how they could be beatable at some point over the course of the next month? Well, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, just about, um, you know, the advantage that this Maryland team has that some of the other ones in the past haven't is a dominant faceoff guy. And in the first half, and even if you take the first three quarters, uh, you know, they were basically even in faceoffs. Yep. And if you're Ohio State, you were probably going to be willing to take that, uh, even even with the solid guys that they have, whether it's Anasio, who didn't play as much in that game, or Drew Blanchard, the Hobart transfer. So I feel like keeping Maryland's offense off the field half the time is part of the formula no matter what. And we saw Ohio State do that. We also saw Ohio State come in with a pretty hot goaltender, too. And the sequence, especially late in the first quarter, was was really, I think, the best you know possession I've seen a goalie play this season that Skylar Wallach had in that in that stretch. I think he had three saves, and there was a fourth that hit the post in that stretch. And so you got the good goalie, you've got at least breaking even or coming close to it on faceoffs, uh, and uh, and so I I feel like that's kind of what you take away. I, I think too the thing I'm curious to see. Now that we've seen Ohio State give them a good run, we saw Notre Dame give them a solid run. And there's obviously some other teams like Princeton and, and Rutgers uh, that have played them already. I, I wonder how teams do the second time around, okay. kind of having a sense of what they're in for, particularly at the offensive end. Uh, because the one thing that we haven't seen is Maryland have a really lousy day there. Like I feel like that might be the the one thing that you can count on no matter what for them, that their passing has been sharp, that they, they don't commit many turnovers, all that stuff. So you know, if I'm, if I'm Ohio state, I feel good that for 45 minutes, I, I played them to a goal and there's enough there to feel like that if things break your way a little bit and you button up a few other things uh, that, that you can, uh, that you can pull off. One other thing that's worth mentioning about Ohio state, it kind of reverted to their traditional form. And I thought it was smart. Uh, you know, they shorten the game, longer possession. Right. If you're, the longer you hold the ball, the less time Maryland's offense is going to have to happen. And so I think shortening the game as much as you can in the shot clock era, uh, there's probably some wisdom in that, too, against Maryland. Of course, Maryland continues to prove, though, they don't need to have the ball for that long in order to figure out a way to score some goals. Um, Patrick, I was at the Loyola game, and, you know, I – I know they got a big game tonight. I know that's you know that's. Pro- I'm assuming that's where you're going to be as they take on Georgetown mm-hmm. down in D.C. 
I say this, like, when I say does it really matter, I think you know what it is that I'm asking. Even if they figure out somehow, and I don't know how they would, but even if they figured out a way to beat Georgetown, is there at all a path left for them to try to get in that large, or is it really no, just I, a, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's going to be win probably three games in a week uh, for them to make it into the tournament. And so at this stage, there's probably an outside chance that they could figure out a way to land the two seed, but it's not particularly likely. They'd need a boatload of help in addition to beating both Colgate and Lehigh. So... I think catching BU is is out of the question at this point. They, the, the help they would need would be Army to lose its next two games to Navy and to BU uh, and, and for them to win their two games. And I think that would do it for them to get the number two seed. But it's unlikely that they'll get quite that much help. In any case, uh, you know, beating Georgetown would be nice, but it's not going to have the galvanizing effect that it did on their season last year. Right. That's what, that's what I was alluding to. And then on the local front, uh, I know it was a tough one for Towson against Delaware, uh, but very competitive. And I and I think that the, the conversation that Towson's still in the mix, correct, to try to win the CAA and get well, in. Well, everybody's still in the mix yeah. in the CAA. There's three two and one teams and three two, one and two teams in that league. And so, uh, if, if you're anybody in that conference, you could still make your your league tournament, and you can still miss your league tournament with two games to go. So, you know, Towson goes to Fairfield this weekend. Uh, one of the other teams that's at two and one, uh, and then they finish up at home against Hofstra uh, on the last weekend of the month. Uh, win both, and they'll be the number one seed. Uh, lose both, and they could very easily miss the tournament. So, a lot going on there for uh, for the Tigers as they head into the last two weekends of their season. Anything the regular else? Season. Anything else on the lacrosse front that stands out to you? You know, UNBC's picked up a couple victories now. Yeah, uh, they they beat Albany and then handled UMass Lowell on the road like they were supposed to. They get Stony Brook at home on Saturday. Uh, they're basically in good shape to make the conference tournament. They have NJIT waiting next Friday, a team that hasn't won a game yet this season. So UMBC is probably going to find its way into the America East tournament, but it could find its way into the tournament on a roll if it can if it can win these last two home games. And it's not like they've been at home a whole lot this season. I think this is only going to be their fourth home game of the year. So the Retrievers playing a little bit better after having gotten drubbed pretty good by Vermont there. Uh, a few weeks back. All right. He is Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick, I, I got a bunch of different messages about this, and I don't know how to apply context to it. Um, Sam Sessoms, who averaged 12 points a game a year ago at Penn State, has decided to transfer to Coppin State. And, you know, my my knowing nothing about the player and his story and his situation, my reaction is kind of similar to what everybody else's reaction was, which is, wow, you don't see that every day. You don't see a, a guy who's averaging double digits in the Big Ten decide to come to the MEAC in a place like Coffin State. Is it, an, you know, like, was Sam Sessoms that caliber of player? Was he playing over his head in a transition situation at Penn State? What did you make of hearing that Sam Sessoms was going to come to Coppin State? It's... Well, let, let's, let me tell you what he did at Binghamton. Okay. In two seasons, okay? In two seasons at Binghamton, he averaged 18.6 points, 4.1 rebounds, and 4.1 assists. Okay, I, I take that. Okay, yeah. he also averaged 3.9 turnovers and 16.1 field goal attempts per game. Okay, so yeah. So yeah. He, is a guy, he is a guy that you're going to put the ball in his hands yeah. and you're going to live... You're going to live with both the good and the bad. Yeah, you're going to live or die, yeah, 100%. Okay? Now, he shot 42% from three last year. 
pretty, I, you take that. My God. Which you would absolutely take. Yeah. He was, at Binghamton in two years, he was a 34% three-point shooter. Which, so let's, let's split the difference there and say you're getting a high 30s three-point shooter. That's the sort of guy that's going to fit in well with, 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 uh, with Juan Dixon's system. Now, I don't know how much of a plus or a minus he's going to be at the defensive end, but if you're sitting here trying to figure out, well, you know, Coppins just lost Jesse Zarzuela, they've had some guys in the portal, you need some sort of high-volume shooter, well, this is a high-volume shooter who can score a bunch of points. I would anticipate that Sam Sessoms, assuming, you know, he ultimately does end up at Coppin and all this stuff, right? right? Like, I mean, right. it, it, there is a wild, wild west element to, you know, the portal coming and going and all this. But let's just, let's suppose that he is in a Coppin State uniform at the start of next season. I think he's going to put up some pretty good numbers, but you're also going to have to live with some missed shots and some turnovers along the way. That all of that sounds about right, and it and it sounds like a player that might well have made a decision based on the opportunity to have volume, right? That I, I, I that is exactly how I kind of size it up. Now, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be. You know, he was he, in the America East. He was a first or second all conference type of guy, and I would expect in the MEAC that he'll be a first or second all conference team type of guy next season. I think it's a good pickup for Cobb, but uh, I, I do think too that that you're looking at a guy that. You know, as a sophomore at Binghamton, averaged seventeen point three shots a game. So that's uh, okay. That's somebody. That's somebody okay. that is that is going to get theirs. Yep. One way or the <laughs> Correct. Other. Whatever the shot. There's not there. There is not a shot he doesn't like. Is what you say. I, I I tend to think that there isn't. Although, like I said, like I mean, the the two point percentage over the course of his career at Binghamton, it was it was forty nine point one percent. That's not as good as you'd want it to be, but it's not bad. No. So, you know, like I, I, I think I think ultimately how much he how many shots he takes. And he was also averaging thirty five minutes a game thing too. Uh so it's not like he wasn't on the floor. It wasn't like he was just going out and, and taking ten shots in the first two minutes he was on the floor. But I, I I do think that that is a that is a is a high usage high usage, high volume player uh for Coppa to be picking up. But you can go get a guy that's averaged eighteen and a half points in a one dead league for over two seasons. That's probably going to serve you well. I, I, yeah, I don't think it can hurt at that level. I think you're right about that. And then the other player movement thing that I had a couple people ask me about, um, and I think it's just because he became a darling during the NCAA tournament, and when people heard he was going to go somewhere, I think they thought that Doug Eddard would go somewhere, but that's not Bryant. I think they thought that he would parlay his fame into sort of a a, a high major level, but. As far as the actual type of player that he is, and not just someone that was able to get, you know, some commercial deals because he's he's got a, a mustache, um, <laughs> is that the more appropriate place for someone like that to be? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, Bryant's moving into the America East, so a slight upgrade over the NEC. Remember, um, the nation's leading scorer last season, Peter Kiss, played at Bryant. That's right, um, and they made the NCAA tournament. And it should be noted that. Bryant has been quietly one of the big winners of the of the transfer portal so far. You know, they picked up Chauncey Hawkins from St. Francis, Brooklyn. They picked up um, they picked up uh, uh, what was his name? Sharif Kenny from LaSalle went there. They also got Antoine Walker, a former Georgetown player from Rhode Island, and then Earl Timberlake. Um, oh wow! His career at, yeah, started his career at Miami, yeah. to Memphis, and now and just committed to. To Bryant the other I totally day. Totally missed that. <laughs> so yeah, it just happened. Okay. So, so Bryant has, you know, you know, they made the tournament. They're going into a new league. They score a fair bit. 
it, it seems like a fairly logical type of place to land, and, you know, he's going to play. Uh, this kind of goes back, you know, to sort of double back on the Sesums idea. Like, you know you're going to play. Yep. So, and it's a guy who can shoot some threes and will make them even more dangerous as they head into their new league. I don't know if they're going to be good enough to dethrone Vermont immediately, uh, but I think they're going to be an immediate contender in that conference, and yep. it's certainly somebody that's going to help them along the way with that. And further competition for UMBC in that league. That is, uh, that is, it, it, it makes all the sense in the world. All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? I just happened to look at the list and pick two whose names were right next to each other, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. They were just two names that I saw. So the first one, uh, a catcher, someone who was just an all-star once, but he won his fair share of World Series titles in his career. Four teams for Joe Girardi, the current manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, Joe Girardi was a Chicago Cub. Yes. And he was a New York Yankee. Most certainly. And he was a Colorado Rockies. He was indeed. And did he close it out in St. Louis? He most did. Most certainly did. Four for four. Oh, now i got to reconsider because I think my other one was easier. You know what? I'll go a different way. You up for a tough one? Sure. All right. Four teams for someone who was a closer and was a three-time All-Star and did win a World Series. But the bulk of his career was in one spot. Four teams for Eric Gagne. <laughs> okay. Well, he, the bulk the bulk of his career was with the Dodgers. Most certainly. And I believe he was in Colorado, too. No, he? it wasn't Colorado. Really? No. Um... Gosh, I might have gone a little too tough. You might, <laughs> might, you might have gone a little too much I here. Might have on, gone on a Eric bit Gagne. too far with Eric Gagne. I mean, because there there wasn't anything before the Dodgers, right? No, it was the Dodgers from '99 to '06, and then he split '07. For some reason, I remember one of these stops, and then '08. And I'm, I, based on one of the hints that I gave you already, you should be able to get one of them. Oh, um, I guess I wasn't really listening. Close oh. Enough. I I, I, um, I said he was a so, I said he was a World Series champion. Oh, he was a World Series. Yeah. Um. Huh. Was was he in Boston? Then? Yes, he was. I don't remember that at all. But he was in Boston in '07. I have no recollection am, of him. Am I am I vaguely remembering him? I've got a couple teams in mind here. Okay. Um. So I'll I'll, I'll name the second one after like the the last formal guess. Okay. I feel like he might have been the closer du jour for two weeks in Milwaukee. He most certainly was a closer du jour in Milwaukee in 08. You are 1,000%. Okay. And Atlanta was the other one. No, it wasn't Atlanta. This is actually the one for some reason I remember. It was Texas. Texas okay. was the other oh, spot yeah. for Eric Gagne. I did not remember Boston or Milwaukee, but for some reason I remembered Texas because they signed him to, a, I think, a, a, a pricey deal after L.A., and it did not work out for them. No. It did not work out at all. All right, uh, so Georgetown Loyola tonight. What else is on the docket for you this week, sir? I'm uh, going to do two games again on Saturday. Uh, UMBC Stony Brook. Uh, okay. Getting a look at the Retrievers on uh, in the early game of Saturday. Oh, and then the big one. And, yeah, right. And then 6 o'clock, Maryland and yeah. Hopkins at Homewood uh, to see if Maryland can close out a perfect regular season and if Hopkins can – Maybe pull a surprise here after picking off Penn State. Well, there's something. It, it, this goes back to like the history of Maryland. There's just something about this that feels like it's a prime spot for Hopkins to 
stun the world and figure out a way to win this game in front of what will be a massive crowd at Homewood Field on Saturday evening. And it should be a gorgeous day, too, apparently. Nice. It's apparently going to get into the 80s this weekend. Like so, everything like about perfect that. Perfect timing. It will be, you know what, maybe there's a chance that I will come join you over there at Homewood Field on Saturday because I only have an afternoon game myself, so that might be the case. At Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, uh, USA Lacrosse Magazine, The Washington Post. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thanks so much as always, Glenn. That's Patrick Stevens. He does that every Tuesday talking college sports with us here on GCR. All right, hour number one of the program is in the books. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, Grayson Rodriguez. You familiar with that name? You should be. Can't imagine why you wouldn't be. He's going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help. Running in when others run away. Working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people. People like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. Baseball is back. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. You can find us live every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon talking all things Orioles and Major League Baseball. Like the debuts of Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. And how the rotation and bullpen are rounding into form. Watch us live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. That's the Bat Around, live with the latest in baseball coverage every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon.
We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash Sports, And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. We are nine days out from the first round of the NFL draft, and the place to be is the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Come join the NFL chicks, Sarita Hubbard and I. We will be there hanging out with you. We'll have great giveaways. We got lots to do. It's going to be a tremendous night in the FanDuel Sportsbook. And it's the best live betting event of the year because it's structured, right? Like you can just walk up to their 61 self service kiosks and bet literally every pick of the draft. And there's a lot of props. And we're going to talk about some more of those later on today on Simply the Bets. There's a lot of props that are available, but you can literally just keep going up every pick and make the next bet during the course of the draft. It gets trickier as the weekend goes on because like the TV falls behind the picks as they're actually being made. And so like you want to go bet the next pick, but they already have to freeze it because we already know what the next literally two picks are in the draft. So it gets a little bit tricky as the weekend goes on, but for that first round, it's delightful. You're going to want to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for the NFL Draft. Come hang out with us. And for those of you that have asked about whether or not we're going to be doing a show, unfortunately on Thursday night there won't be a show because we've got to do the event at uh, Live Casino and Hotel. But we are going to work on trying to do a Saturday recap show late afternoon-ish at the end of the draft that will involve Ken and maybe some other personalities. We're working on the details of that right now to see if we can't pull it off. I'm sorry we won't be able to do... I know everybody loves the draft show because you get to catch us losing our minds about something and the immediate reaction that comes with it. If you want that, you'll still be able to get it. You just got to come join us in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. I don't know what that noise just was. That was concerning. That's. I hope I'm not about to. Hope I'm not about to, to start yacking. That was. That was <laughs> oh, me. That, oh, that it was, was you. me. I thought something Cash happened again. Something that was happened. Not me. Uh, something happened in the uh, in here. I don't know what it was exactly. But, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. That's the story for the NFL Draft. We will be there in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez scheduled to join us here in just a second as he is at Norfolk where he is off to a dominant start. I have had people ask, like, hey, at what point, if he just dominates like this, do you say the hell with it and bring him up? I guess my first question would be, why in a rush? And I know that the answer is because you don't have any pitching. Okay, I get it. But I mean more like what does it matter? This isn't a good – they're not a Grayson Rodriguez away from being relevant. You know what I mean? So I start with that. I don't know, and we're going to ask him what his the individual goals are. So if there are goals that he's looking to meet, then I would say you wait. And once you've met those goals, as soon as you get to that point, you call him up. I think that they are trying to get to ramp him up. Right, he went from sixty-one pitches in four innings to sixty-seven pitches in five innings. I expect him to stay right around the seventy, seventy-five pitch mark. The, the in question, five innings. the question people still have is what happens the third time around in the order. Exactly, right? like that's been the question that's been asked of some scouts and people around baseball is, hey, like we still haven't seen him go uh, a third time around the order. So I would say, I, I would like to get closer to a place where he could go a third time around the order before they consider it. I want you to go ahead. and I know, I'm know i assuming he's supposed to be calling us, but if you want to go ahead and try to give him a call, you can do that. Um, so that's what I would, I would think 
And again, I don't know, and we'll ask him. I don't know exactly what the story is, but that's what my gut tells me about what the story might be in terms of Grayson Rodriguez and um, when it is that the Orioles would bring him up. I'm not in a rush. I know it's a different conversation for uh, Kyle Bradish and and when he might be available and the fact that he's made more starts and he's been at AAA for a while and he's pitching incredibly well. I could certainly see an argument for why it is that, um, you know, you might want to do that a little bit sooner than later, that you would not be needing to wait quite as long for someone like Kyle Bradish. I'm guessing that means that uh, there's something when there's something going on. It went straight to his voicemail. All right, well, why don't you message John and see what the story is there, and we'll go from there. So we don't wanna, I don't want to have this hold up. In the meantime, until Grayson Rodriguez calls in, I'm going to switch things back over to Cass for Cass's top five for this week. Cass's top five is brought to you this week by the press box print issue. Oh, today's the final day. This is it. Speak now or forever hold your peace. That's it. Tomorrow, the new issue hits newsstands. You want this one, you got to go get it now. This is the print issue of press box with Gary Williams on the cover celebrating the 20th anniversary of Maryland's men's basketball's national championship in 2002. Again, you want it. You got to get it now or it's gone. G-O-N-E gone. It's available at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box or read it all. Pressboxonline.com. Print issue of press box available now. All right, Cass. Okay, so my top five is my top five athletes. So these are your top five favorite athletes. Yeah, like okay. of all time. Okay, of all time. Yeah. Like forever. Mm-hmm. There's no qualifications to this whatsoever. There's no like, hey, I didn't even consider golfers. I didn't even, this is a- any sport anywhere. Any sport. Your top five athletes mm-hmm. of all time. Male or female. Male or female. Okay. There's no restrictions. All right. Okay, so m- number five. So Joey Chestnut is number one. Yeah. He's the greatest How champion of our know? time. Well, he better be. He better That's be number one. He's the greatest champion of all time. Read my mind. He's a, that, I, it's I, him. Yeah. I saw something very disrespectful that was thrown. I'm trying to remember who it was. Somebody threw out a tweet that was like, um, this is the greatest athlete of my lifetime. And I don't even remember who it was. It might have been LeBron James. And I was like, uh, hello, Joey Chestnut didn't die. Like, what are we doing here? See, you may not agree with half of these, though. Oh. That's the thing. Because these aren't the greatest. No, no, no. no. These the are greatest. your favorites. These are the greatest in my book. Did Ryan McCann well, make your list? Yeah. Hang no. on. Wait, 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 wait. You Actually, told me these were- Number five. These told me you were- you, Wait a second. You told me earlier these were your favorites. Yes. These are my top five athletes that I find, like, monumental. Like, Okay. The, All not, right. They're we'll not see, like- We'll see how this goes. Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay. Right. Okay. So, number five is actually Suni Lee. Oh, the gymnast. Yeah. Okay. She's I used, remarkable. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to give it context, but she's remarkable. No, I just like her because of like how she deals with like athletics and mental health and just kind of like how she like had to, I mean, she can, her teammate was Simone Biles. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, she won, but like she still gets compared because they're like, she only won because Simone Biles kind of dropped out in a way. She's really good. But I think <laughs> like, she's amazing. She's really good. And I just like her mindset. So she's number five. Okay. Did you know anything about her before the Olympics or was it just? Um, I knew about her college career. I don't know why I like gymnastics. Auburn, right? Is that? I think so, yeah. yeah. I don't know why I like gymnastics so much, but I'll watch it. Like me and my mom, that's probably like our favorite. I, I always get in trouble. I don't like judging sports. Mm-hmm. A- and it's not a female male thing. It's not a, I just don't like any sport that involves judging because like i just feel like there's too much room for something to be you know subjective in there no i agree 
So that's my issue with it. And it doesn't mean that I don't know that it's amazing. Like, it's just absolutely amazing. It's incredible what it is. Also, it's doing. like, yes, gymnastics is a team sport, but like, it's so individual that like, I can't really relate to that. And I mm-hmm. like how she, like, when you're a gymnast, like, it's all the hours you put in. Okay. Like, it's like by all yourself. Right. So, like, right. I just like that. All right. Number four, <laughs> I know I'm going to get eyes on this one, would have to be Tony Romo. What? Yep. I'll say okay. it again. Okay. With okay. pride. She's a Cowboys fan. I, no, but no, she's it's not. Bef- no, okay. She's, Hold she's, it there. I am a Cowboys she's fan. She's a Cowboys slash Commanders slash. I am not a Commanders when, fan. Whenever you feel like putting on a sweatshirt, you it's are. Vintage. It's vintage. It's Your different. Us, it's vintage. Um, no, I think I'll stick by that. I used to, I grew up and i wearing a Tony Romo jersey. Every day was like, jersey day at school. And I got absolutely like obliterated by people because i'd wear it but like genuinely i think he's one of the most underrated football players of all time i think that he deserved so much more than what he got Man. and i think he's one of the best commentators for well, football. i agree with that i think, I think he's a very he's good smart. commentator i think his I, mindset we, is we great. agree on that i think he was like the eighth best quarterback of his era mm-hmm. now now what happened okay but the problem being he played in a great era for quarterbacking mm-hmm. if he had played in a different era he might have been but like he was playing against Peyton Manning and Tom Brady yeah. and Ben Roethlisberger and Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Philip Rivers and the list goes on he was crossed with Russell Wilson in there too like it it just was such a golden era for quarterbacking that someone who in another era was a damn good quarterback was just a good quarterback. But in if that you era. look what he did for the Cowboys in his era, played really well. He did nobody's, amazing. Nobody's debating so, the fact that he put Tony up Romo, numbers. Tony Romo, love right. him. Uh, that's respect. This, this is some, hell of a golfer. This is some nonsense. This <laughs> this, this <laughs> list is. I was with you on Sunday. Uh, this list. You went no. from like someone who's truly great and stands out to someone who was just good. Mm-mm. Just good. No. Never one of the, he was never one of the three best players at his position at any point in his career. That's an opinion. <laughs> it is an opinion. <laughs> and it's an but invalid it's ba- one. <laughs> okay, you tell me at what point he was one of the three best quarterbacks in football. Yeah, exactly. Move on to number three. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Number three. Um, I do like some of your other opinions, like where you go to get your chicken now. Uh-huh, I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. That's a good opinion. This is a dumb opinion. Thank you. Really appreciate that one. Number three. He was going to be number two. But in 2018, he left Barca to and ruined the midfield. Oh, I've, I've so never now forgiven I'm him for that. Very pissed. Yeah. It's Iniesta. Oh, okay. one of my favorite all midfielders right. of all time. So random. No, I love him. I think he's one of the best. I grew up watching. I mean, him. It's not I- random. It's not random. He's one of the top rated but no, players but of all time. People talk about the greatest soccer players of all time. Ronaldo, he's, Messi. Well, I mean, those are the, of modern times. Yes, those are the ones that come very Neymar. near the top. Yes, he's very much up there. I don't know if you've heard Kylian Mbappe. You familiar? Yes. He's okay. He's been all right. Not yeah. sure if you've, you've heard of him. Yeah. He's been okay. Uh, Iniesta is a hell of a player, though. I'm not going to disagree with like, that. I like the OG Barca team where it was like. All of them, and now they all left, and it's not the same. Ah. And when Iniesta left, it like Sucks. ruined the midfield, and I'm just like upset about it. Now I don't Sucks. even watch Barca anymore. All right, next, love him. Um, number two would have to be Julie Ertz, and I put a little. Oh, slash you love Ju- you love Julie Ertz. You love yeah, Julie Ertz. I do. We were talking about Julie Ertz being pregnant last week, and Cass, I'm not kidding, nearly broke into tears. Like, she's that emotional talking about Julia. I was really hurt, too, because I didn't know she was Hell of a player, by the way. She's a hell of a player. That's one of my favorite. She is my favorite female player of all time. Like, I read her book. I I have her book. I think the way she writes is amazing about her story and, like, her and Zach Ertz's story, which I'm a big Zach Ertz fan. I put a slash. He's there, too. You like everyone in the NFC East? 
what is wrong with you? <laughs> what alone. is wrong with you? Leave me alone. I guess he's not in the division anymore, but no. he was forever. Well, because think about it. They're having a baby. They've had to live in different housing like because yeah. they're yeah. not they in have, the same city. They have their own careers. They and she's own. moving, and so is he. So they're going to try to get into a similar city. So it's they a don't very modern story. Like The idea of like we're in love and we're not going to let space or distance define. They have like, to sacrifice a lot. I'm, they're oh, so she's, cute. She is going to start crying. No, I'm I missed, not. I missed the name. It's Julie Ertz. Julie Ertz Zachert, and Zach Ertz. Yeah, the former Julie Johnson. Oh, gotcha. Julie yeah. Johnson, yeah. yeah now Z- Julie Ertz, yes. Yeah, she's amazing. I well, met she's her. A, she's an incredible player. I was in tears when I met her. Wow. I pushed wow. children to meet her. Okay, now we got to talk Lord. about that. Right, George, we got to George, 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 talk about that. I was at a Washington Spirit game. But did you actually no, push like children? No, if my mother was, Ke- my mother was here. Cass. Like, if she was here, that's she'd not, be like, yes. That's not okay. Okay, I deserve it too. I was a child once. Like, just because you're six doesn't mean you deserve it more than I do. You're not even going places. Like, you're six. You play in rec level. Like, that's not fair. I grew up. I deserve it, too. And I play at Stevenson University. Yeah, nobody knows what that is, but it matters. It's a big deal. <laughs> I drive a Dodge Stratus. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I literally pushed. I really felt bad. I really did. Well, the you should. From the mom. Well, yeah, you definitely, oh. sh- you definitely should feel. I got her and Megan Klingenberg, who's an well, amazing nice player. player I love she's Megan nice Klingenberg. Um, it reminds me one time. Uh, Forrester, we went to a Butler basketball game when Brad Stevens was the coach out at uh, at uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse and the, the legendary building in Indianapolis. And I swear to God, the end of the game, we're looking around. We're like, "Where is Drew?" And we find him. He has walked down to where the team will walk by in order to get to the locker room and a 50 year old man has stuck his hand out to get a high five from the coach he's 50 years old and he's leaning in for a high five from brad stevens as he goes back into the locker room like yeah that's about right that's about right and number one on your list I don't know if you're gonna know who she is, but her name is Joanna Loman. Yeah, I know. We okay. had, she's been, I told you before she's been on this that's show. That's right. You yeah. did say that. Yeah, my all-time favorite. Okay. Her. I mean, like that's definitely very personal. That's, it's a that's personal. Not a, oh no, no, yeah, no. that's yeah, a personal right. one. That's because like, I met that's her. That's like she's not a nice player. No, no, no. She's a very no, no, nice yeah. player, but yeah. it's just because I met her and like she's the very things cool. that happened. She's very. Yes. She's a very remarkable person. Yes. I agree with that. Agreed. An interesting list. An interesting. It was definitely favorites. More than yeah. it was greatest. That's what I said. Yeah, but you were kind of trying to make it seem like they are were, the greatest, yeah, especially to, Tony Romo. To he Tony is the Romo. greatest of all What's time. You? Tom right, Brady. That's, that's who, Cass. Who is he? She gets her chicken at Royal Farms because she's smart. Her family now knows they have been uh, indoctrinated into uh, the Rofo family. Uh, n- nice job. That was a good list. Thank you, Cass. Thank you. All right, that's Papa Cass's top five. We do it every week. It's time for us to make our uh, first trip of the season to Norfolk to chat with a member of the Tides. And we've had a lot of conversations with this man over the years. And, my God, what a start he is off to this season. He is, of course, the top pitching prospect in all of baseball. He's Grayson Rodriguez, and he's with us once again here on GCR. Grayson, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It's always good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for having me on. Well, you know where we got to start. You, you know the first thing we have to ask about have have we had the has the basketball game happened? Have we gotten the formal competition to actually define who truly is the best basketball player among all the top prospects in this system? Um, you know, not yet. Ah, uh, what are we waiting well, I, for? Well, right now we got to make sure everybody's completely healthy. All first right, I guess know, that's true. We all uh, 
we're in, we're in the big leagues before you know that happens. But right. uh, no, it's coming soon. All right, it's got to happen so we can finally put all this to rest. Because you know the rest of these guys are going to continue talking smack throughout the year. You know that like Henderson and them. Because I remember last year you said you and Adley, the two of you together, would defeat any pair, any other two guys in the system. There's no way that they could beat you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. DL and Gunner think they have a chance, but. They don't at all. <laughs> hey, man, the uh, the start that you're off to this season, and I know you know this is all you've ever done is just be really good. But now you're at a level where you're facing major league hitters. Um, how good has it felt for you? Is there anything that's different, or is it just I'm doing the same things I've been doing for the last few years? Um, you know, for me, it's kind of a lot of you know doing the same thing. Um, you know, attacking hitters the same way. Now, in terms of how that what they're trying to do is different like uh you know you get you get guys ambushing certain pitches or you know they're they're taking a fastball right down the middle cuz they thought you were throwing a change up you know it's it's a lot of like guessing i would say but in terms of them hitting their pitch they're a lot better at it that's unlike I, lower level guys um they're Basically, they're not going to mess what they're looking for. If that makes sense, has that helped? I, I don't. I, I know you. You're a confident guy in general. But has it given you an even additional level of confidence that, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I know. I if I if I can get guys that are legitimately major league hitters out at this rate, I, you know, it's maybe not facing the top, the best hitters in the world, right? But like, what additional confidence has it given you to do this at this level? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, seeing those older guys, you know, facing some guys that you've seen on TV before, um, knowing that you can get them out, that they're just, you know, another, just another player on the field with you. Um, you know, it gives a pretty, pretty big, pretty big level of confidence. Um, you know, hopefully we can keep it rolling into this next third start. He is Grayson Rodriguez. He is with us as we make our first trip of the season down to Norfolk to chat with the Tides. Um, Grayson, the, the idea, do you have specific goals that you had for this final stop in the process? Were there things that going into this year, you said, I want to tick off these boxes before I make my major league debut. Yeah. I mean, that's something, you know, you kind of go into every season with is a little list of goals and every year since 2019 i've said to stay healthy that's the most important thing sure. you know, listen to your arm you know make sure that you can get through a season clean so obviously that's the first priority you know the second is to go out and to get better each and every day um you know that's something that the minor leagues is for to develop you know you show up to not necessarily win ball games but to get better as a player um you know ultimately to make it to the big leagues the the if you know there's there are people that will still say hey we'd like to see Grayson face a lineup a third time around to see what he does is is that something that could be coming before you know I know it's been smaller pitch counts the first couple times out but is that something that you'd like to do before you get to the major league level um, is it something that you are not as worried about as everybody else or and I say everybody else but a small a, a, a minority of people are just because you know the kind of stuff you have. Yeah, so that's something I'm going to be able to do this year. You know, obviously, it's my third start coming up, so technically I'm still on a build-up program um, and under, you know, a, a pretty tight pitch count. But here in the next month or two, it's going to open up fully. Um, we're going to go into the, as deep of a ball game as we can go to okay. like it would be a big league game. Um, you know, last year, 
the five innings limit. I think I only went six innings one time. You know, that's kind of tough because not playing in 2020 for the COVID year, you know, nobody had a regular season. Obviously, you saw in the big leagues with a lot of teams, a lot of pitchers were getting hurt. So that was something the Orioles really kind of put an emphasis on with, with our pitchers was to just make sure everybody made it through healthy, um, not putting any kind of too much weight on anybody's shoulders. But this year, you know, it's it's more of a, a normal season after having a good season last year. So we're going to be opened up fully here pretty soon. Is, is there a like a goal number that you want to – I want to have pitched this number of pitches in a game again before you make that first major league start? It's... Um, you know, back in 2019, in my first season, uh, we would have a pitch limit of 100 pitches. Okay. So it would be, uh, it'd be nice to get back up there, you know, a few times uh, before stepping onto that big league field in Camden Yards. But, uh, you know, like I was saying, uh, hopefully you don't ever get to a game where you reach 100 pitches. You know, you <laughs> want to be a little more efficient than that. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's what, that's what we're really I was about for. to say, we rarely see major leaguers throw 100 pitches these days. You almost have to be in the middle of a of a perfect game, and even then they kind of pull you out anymore at this point as you get closer to 100 pitches. Grayson Rodriguez is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. I want to tell you about a couple things that are going on with the Tides. They are back home this week, so if you are headed down that way, and the weather is supposed to be great this week, big event coming up on Saturday uh, as they celebrate. They're going to be the Los Pajaritos de Norfolk for the Copa de Diversion series. I don't know if I got that right or not, but I'm pretty sure that's correct on Saturday, and that'll also include fireworks. And then Sunday, the first Bark in the Park event where dogs are allowed to come to Harbor Park and proceeds go to a local dog charity, Refugees Foundation. So a couple of great events this week as the Norfolk Tides are home. Um, Grayson, we have talked, you and I, about the, the pressure, right, and the attention that you've gotten since you've arrived. But that has amplified even more over the last year as you're identified by everybody as the top pitching prospect in baseball. Has any of that like impacted you in any way? Are, do you, are you completely able to block that type of attention out, the demands for interviews, all of that sort of stuff? Have you figured out a way to handle that type of attention so it doesn't impact you in any sort of way? Yeah, I mean, I really don't pay much attention to it. Um, you know, like I've said in the past, you know, coming up through high school and stuff, I've kind of been on both sides of the prospect rankings, if you'll call it. Um, you know, I mean, it's somebody's opinion, um, you know, necessarily back in 2018 in the draft, a lot of people didn't think I was going to go where I went. Yeah. Or they didn't think I was good enough to go 11th overall. Um, and you know, now you kind of see the flip side of that and really, I mean, nobody, nobody knows anything about your career. So it's just another, another label, I guess you could say. And, you know, really it only matters what you do on the field, you know, Twitter and, and Instagram and whatever you want to read. I mean, that's, that's all fun and stuff. I think it's more for the fans than it is the players, but, uh, you know, I just go out every fifth, sixth day and, uh, you know, pitch the game, throw, throw what I do and, you know, just keep it rolling. I got to ask you, our our buddy Eric Garfield tweeted out a a pitch that you throw in the Rail Riders game in the fourth inning in a 1-1 count, and he called it a 12-6, and I couldn't agree more. The drop on this ball was just absolutely insane. Um, is that something that you've always had in your arsenal? And because we just don't get to watch every game, we maybe don't get to see it. Is that something that's maybe even improved as you've continued to work on all of your various pitches? Yeah, so that's something that I've kind of, you know, been messing around with. Um, 
you know, like as you you know that the Orioles now we have a lot of uh, tools in our pitching lab. Yeah, uh, Howard pitchers. Um, so really, it's the same curveball, the same grip, and I'm able to ma- manipulate my hand positioning. So if I want to throw a 12-6, I can throw a 12-6, or if I want to throw more of a true curveball, I can do that. Um, so really just kind of, you know, reading swings, kind of figuring out what to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I'm able to kind of adjust it and tweak it as I go along. Um, you know, everything's the same, but like I said, the wrist position is a little bit different, and that creates the different were, view of the break, you could say. Were you as excited the first time you threw that pitch as we are when we see you throw that pitch? Like, you know, you know we're nerdy Orioles fans, and so, like, when we see that, we're like, oh, my God. The first time you threw it, were you like, damn, this is cool, or was it more like, no, 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 this is the work I, I – does that not phase you in any way doing something like that? It's... Um, you know, it. I mean, it's kind of cool there at first, but, uh, you know, really, as a pitcher, you're not trying to see your pitches break because, you know, that's kind of the wrong, you know, mindset. That's to, fair. Okay. To go All right. With. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, really, as long as you get the, the ball to spin the way it needs to and, and your body in the right position, um, you can make the baseball do some pretty nasty things. Are there any other, like, you know, if, if we went into your golf bag at this point, is there anything else that we still might be seeing at some point that you're still working on that you're like, and, and maybe you'd say, hey, I don't really want to give that away, but, like, are there anything, there is there anything else you're still toying with that you could add to your repertoire? No, not right now. Um, you know, it's just a classic four-pitch mix uh, with a cutter. Um, so it's fastball, curveball, slider, change-up, and a cutter um, that we started going to quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing, uh, nothing too, uh, nothing too crazy. I mean, it, they're all pretty good, man. <laughs> like they are all really good, and we can't wait to see them at the major league level. Uh, Grayson, what's life look like for you? These, you know, these last couple years have been so crazy. Like, are are you able to actually like have fun? Did you get back? Did you get to do any hunting in the off season? Like, what was the off season like for you? Is like the world has finally kind of gotten back to normal a little bit? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great off season. You know, obviously being around your friends and family back home, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, getting to be be outside a lot, do a lot of hunting, uh, fishing. You know. Back, uh, back with my dog. I've got a German short-haired pointer that. Uh, How big? He, he's well. He's sixty-five pounds. Okay. All right. So he's he, he's on the smaller side for the breed, but uh, you know, I mean, a lot of energy. He's a lot of fun to hang out with. And my parents, my parents, when I first got him, they were like, "You're not leaving that dog with us during the <laughs> season." And you know, now they love him more than I do. Oh, uh, oh, wait. They're be- okay. They're begging me not take him away from him i was uh, gonna say so when you get to baltimore and like you get settled and presumably you know you you get some sort of place here is there going to be like a real fight over whether or not the dog can come with you i think so I, you know i wow. think they're gonna make it tough but uh but yeah he'll he'll be wherever i go do you, do you maybe like work out a deal like hey maybe you guys will just have to come spend more time in baltimore at that point absolutely yeah right like that's a pretty good thing to hold over their heads like hey you can spend as much time with the dog as you want as long as you're here that's the way it's got to go mm-hmm. that's a pretty absolutely good... what's the dog's name ace ace well i mean come on dude that's the greatest thing i've ever heard that is perfect that's exactly what i would want grayson rodriguez's dog to be named that is but, yeah i mean you, you get it from the baseball side but yeah really it's the uh, Ace Ventura. That's one of my favorite movies. Really? Uh, with Jim Carrey. 
sell that, and he's and his personality kind of fits that. Too. Dude, were you Pretty even hilarious. were you even alive when Ace Ventura came out? Like, I got to do the math on this. You yeah, might no, I don't. That's a movie I've been watching for a while, and you know it gets me laughing every time. Okay, I hang it. on. What's your okay? So wait, when I was young, like just repeating Ace Ventura lines and and trying to do the voice was all that I did with my friends. Are you the type that like does that at some point, and your friends look at you like, "Dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never seen that movie." No. no okay. I really, I can't really do a good impression. All right. All right. So, all right. Uh, that's a yeah, bum. That's no. a bummer because I kind of wanted to hear it. That's a bummer in that case. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, man, it's great. It's always great to catch up with you, um, and we are always happy to see. I don't know what else to say other than, man, m- this is unbelievable. Getting to watch you pitch, it's so much fun. It's such a joy. And I know Orioles fans are want to get down to Norfolk. When's when's your start this week? Wednesday. Wednesday. So. It's a heck of a haul to get down there tomorrow, but I would do it because it is worth seeing uh, Grayson Rodriguez pitch. That is the case. As always, man, appreciate at G underscore Rodriguez 16 on Twitter. Uh, remind me if you're on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Instagram is just Grayson.Rodriguez16. Grayson.Rodriguez16. Give him a follow there. Grayson, appreciate you taking the time for us as always this morning, dude. Let's do it again soon. Thank you for, uh, for chatting with us, all right? It's... Yeah, thank you all very much. It's Grayson Rodriguez, top pitching prospect in all of baseball, of course, checking in with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. And again, you're going to want to get down to Norfolk this week. Um, enter the week ranked uh, in second in the International League in on-base percentage, and they got the fourth-best ERA. We know there are some bats that are going crazy right now. There's a lot to like about the uh, Norfolk Tides roster at the moment, and Hopefully we'll be seeing some of those guys, the Kyle Stowers of the world, here in Baltimore in uh, the coming days. You want to give uh, our buddy Jerry a call real quick? Yeah. I told him we'd be calling him late this morning. Uh, we're getting ready for Simply the Bets uh, this morning, as that's coming up in just a few minutes. Appreciate Grayson Rodriguez taking the time for us. Today's show is also brought to you by your Neighborhood Glory Days Grill, where they got the spring seasonal menu available for you. It includes the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the popular Korean number two sauce, plus the crunch burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips, plus the grilled shrimp with garlic butter, as well as the strawberry salmon salad, the baseball cut sirloin with the blue cheese. It is all available at your neighborhood Glory Days, glorydaysgrill.com to get your order in. I have never, you know. It, I've known this guy for a long time, and I've never been able to use the word colleague to describe. I don't think. I guess we were technically in the same company at the same time for a little while, but we've never been at the same place at the same time, and technically that is changing as uh, Reed and I are launching our show on Sunday. Of course, he's already kind of stolen Rita away. we got to talk about that as you're going to be hearing her with him during the week, including tonight uh, on 105.7 The Fan. He is Mr. Sports with Coleman himself. He's our buddy Jerry Coleman, and he's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? What's going on, buddy? How are you? Everything's good. You really, you're really you stealing my co-host away Like before I even started. What's that well, all about? We have about? to hurry this up because I got bumped for Grayson <laughs> Rodriguez. Yeah, who's that guy? Yeah, uh, right. Rita and I were supposed to uh, speak at 1130. So. Oh, all right. You can, you can blame me. You can blame I me. Will. And then oh, she'll, I will. She'll Don't handle worry. that. Hey, uh, I, you must that. be like a pig and S right now with the playoffs going on and there being no LeBron James. Do you do anything less than like an hour, oh, a, an hour a night? 
talking about how LeBron isn't in the playoffs? No, I mean, I've let it go because he's let it go. He's probably in Cancun or somewhere on his <laughs> yacht trying to figure out how he can destroy the Lakers next year. Uh, I'm focusing on the guys that are playing, you know? I mean, the Jordan Pools, the Steph Curry's. Dude, I was trying to explain that last night. So uh, you, of course, remember Paul, and he's he's over here with us now. And he's like, man, I'm watching Orioles baseball. I'm like, dude, I, that thing that the Warriors did last night, where they did not, they fell behind by 10 points and didn't care because they knew that at some point they're going to be able to put Poole, Curry, Thompson, and Green all on the floor together. And when they did, it was like watching the effing Harlem Globetrotters against the Generals. It was mesmerizing watching that last night. Well, Steph is back, as we saw last night, and I mean, you know, once he's back, that's dangerous for everyone else. I think it'll be interesting with Phoenix, Glenn, but uh, yeah, I mean, with Steph back and Draymond healthy and Clay healthy once again, and you throw in Jordan Poole, who I don't think a lot of people expected nope. to put up the points he has, but he is a long-distance threat and takes away a lot of pressure from his teammates. Dude, they had to leave Clay Thompson open a couple of times last night. You just realize you're leaving one of the greatest shooters in the history of the game open because there's only so much you can do defensively against that lineup. Like you're just you got to pick your poison. Yeah, you're right. It's insane. It is insane. You know, I'm a huge Suns fan, Jerry, so I'm quite nervous. Of I'm quite nervous. I, it would be incredible for the – we were talking about that earlier too. For the sport, a Suns-Warriors Western Conference Finals, it's not got the like sex appeal of some of the star players that have been in, in big matchups, but my God, man. Like, the, you know what we call that, Glenn? The NBA champion. Yeah. You know, you say that, that, Jerry, but I'm still nervous. After what happened a year ago, I'm still nervous that at some point Giannis can just say, right, I'm physically different than all of you, and I'm just going to take over every basketball game and score 50 points and have triple doubles. Every He can shoot now, too, Giannis can, which makes him really scary to me. I'm still nervous about that. That is the only team in the East that I think has a chance, and I agree. I think they will represent the Eastern Conference. He's on a different level as long as he stays out of foul trouble. And frankly, he uh, doesn't need to bring the ball up the court. I'm not understanding that offense where he's bringing the ball up the court, trying to facilitate things. It exerts way too much energy and also can lead to a lot of foul trouble. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great point. He's Jerry Coleman, Sports with Coleman on 105.7 The Fan. Uh, Jerry, I, Jeremy says I'm not really going to be all that much hazing from him when I arrive this weekend. I, you, I assume, are a little bit different. Am I going to have to like foot the bill for something? Is this going to be like the way you treat rookies in, on a football team? How's this going to work uh, now that I'm coming over there to hang out with well, you? You're guys? not really a rookie. Yeah, um, it's a little bit different I, I than I a treat traditional the board rookie. Than the producers that way. Okay. Usually it's not. Okay. So much guys that have been around town for, you know, 10, 15, yeah. 20 years. I yeah. don't usually treat that way, but I don't even know how much, frankly, I'm going to be able to see you. You're welcome anytime to come in, but you're going to be there on a Sunday. That's true. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to see you, but if you want to, you know, leave some food or something in a special place. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't mind yeah, ma- making like a nice, uh, a nice peace offering or something like that. <laughs> For those that don't remember, Drew and I used to do a bit... Jerry would would text us to to make fun of things we were talking about on our show while he was on another <laughs> station in town. And so we would do a bit every morning on the old show where we'd be talking about something and we realize it'd be something that Jerry would notice. And so we would stop and I'd look in the mic and say, 
good morning, Jerry. <laughs> that would be the way that it would work. And it was just you a, remember that. It was a fun thing. Do you remember the time we tried to fake a fight in the Ravens press box because we were so bored by the practice that we were watching that day? Do you remember we tried to, like, we, we I, I don't even remember how it's, I think it was when Peter DeLutis worked for you. We tried oh, to, okay. to start some, because Drew and I were just so effing bored by watching practice that day, and it was at the stadium. They were like, what are we going to do today? Hey, let's fight with Coleman. That'll be fun. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, it's exactly what we there would do. There have been so <laughs> many encounters over the years, it's hard to keep track. No but doubt, that man. story sounds about right yeah that sounds about right so what else is going on in, in your world these days you're on cameo i see that all the time by the way you're the perfect person for cameo by the way i'm I mean, great i mean i'm fabulous for either uh encouraging yep. you know no one uplifts people more than me especially <laughs> guys like lebron james yep. or kyrie Irving super uplifting or, that's what yeah, i always I mean, say about you, know. you it's uplifting jerry coleman is the way that or I baker with. mayfield i mean guys that i really am in love with but I can also help bring you down if you need that, but also a, a belated birthday wish or a birthday wish before it comes or a bar mitzvah. I'm available to speak via cameo. I'm not available for the actual bar mitzvah. What else is going on in your world, man? You know, just doing my thing from uh, now 7 to 9, or 10, I should say, 7 to 9, yeah, because we don't have the Orioles, and frankly, I'm fine with that. Uh, and I can say it here loud and clear. I mean, the product has been minor league uh, in terms of uh, the broadcasting on the television mostly. Yeah, it's, uh, last night they still had technical difficulties. brutal, man. The fact that they're not traveling is embarrassing. I mean, imagine how it was last night. And I have a lot of friends who call the games on radio and TV. They are frustrated, but they're sitting there in a frigid camp in yards while it's pouring down rain watching a game trying to describe it 3,000 miles away. It is so nonsensical, and of course, it's out of an abundance of COVID. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, Jerry. It's definitely about yeah. it's definitely about COVID precautions. You, that's a hundred percent correct. And it's, you know, it's even though the safety. broadcasters went to Sarasota. What's that? Oh no, weird. That's really well. Th- there's no COVID in uh, uh, in in Florida. Everybody knows that. <laughs> in the state of Florida, they are uh, COVID free. Exactly. Yeah, the way that's that what I'm hearing. That's what it is, man. Uh, give me a give me. All right, we'll wrap with this. Something that the Ravens have to do. What's something they have to do during the course of the draft? because it's still missing for them to be a team that can win the division next season. Oh, I thought you were asking me overall. One is to get, just get Marquise Brown to, uh, you know, shut the uh, you-know-what-else up. <laughs> wow. Because I just don't understand the whole social media scrub and the way he feels. I'm glad he didn't join that whole wide receiver core that thinks they're underpaid. So uh, as far as what they need to address, it's a pass rusher. We know that. Yep. The AFC is so much better than the NFC and especially a quarterback, but they also have to find someone else that can help with the secondary and add some depth to the uh, cornerback because you got two starting cornerbacks that are great, but they're both coming off injuries. So that worries me, and, of course, interior offensive line. I, I said I'd be in favor. They want to trade up in order to go try to get uh, Sauce Gardner. Uh, I'm listening, man. Like, we, Do it. We saw what happened a year ago. Like This is – this idea that you can't have enough good corners, yeah, seriously, you can't have enough good corners. So get get the really good one. And I don't think they're going to have seven spots on their roster for third and fourth round picks next season. I just don't think that there's any way that seven guys that are third and fourth round picks are all going to be on this team come next year. So use that I agree. ammo. They're not going to hit on everyone. They, yep. they make it seem like they're going to hit on everyone or they at least need to. That's not going to occur. It's never occurred. 
The last time they had five picks in the fourth round was five years ago. They have Tavon Young to show for it and nothing else. Like, right, so trade some of those picks, like you said, and go yep. up and get a Sauce Gardner or someone else that's a value uh, you know, before they're going to fall at 14. And I'm just glad the Ravens value the draft, unlike so many teams nowadays. I still think that's a way to build your team. I still think by going for it you know, year after year, like the Rams have been, and I understand they've been successful. Same thing with the Buccaneers, but the Browns going for it. I mean, I just feel like they're the same old Cleveland. I don't disagree with that. I really don't. I don't at all. And I love disagreeing with you, so that hurts me. Well, one day we're going to talk tennis because the only person that talks more tennis than me on the radio is you. 100%. Let's do it, man. I'm all in. Carlos Alcaraz is winning the French Open. Let's talk about that. But only you and I will be interested, unfortunately. Only you know who he is. That's that's part of the problem. I'll be looking forward to looking up his name. There you go, buddy. At uh, Sports W. Coleman. Nadal's still playing at the French, right? Yeah, and look, he's always going to be a threat he's definitely yeah. going to be a threat okay. at the French there's no doubt about that and, and it would actually be an amazing story if he does win because he'd end up being two up on Djokovic and you know there's no guarantee moving forward that Djokovic is going to keep winning these things when he if no, he's, ask Tiger Woods about that 100 percent all right buddy uh sports with Coleman tonight I, I hear you got a huge guest Glenn Clark is going to be on sports with Coleman tonight only at 7 30 I'm looking at the rundown right now uh, no actually 8 yeah 8 uh, 8 30 would be wrong yes 8 30 you're our highlighted guest Unless we, you know, just like with Grayson Rodriguez. Right, correct. If you do better, I get it. I assure you. If you do better, I will understand, my friend. Well, Barry Levinson's waiting in the wings. I've heard heard of him. I I heard he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. All right, buddy. Love you. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you tonight. All right. Great talking with you, and uh, we'll do it again in a few hours. Sounds good, buddy. It's Jerry Coleman, uh, 105.7 The Fan. Appreciate him taking the time. Let's wrap up. We'll get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Baltimore police who are still looking for some folks who are ready to make a change and do some positive things. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police. Make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. All right, last night the Orioles didn't record their first hit until the fifth inning when Austin Hayes lined a double into right field that bounced off Seth Brown's glove on a diving attempt. It was another hapless outing for an offense that has lacked, hapless. That has lacked any sort of punch this season, averaging 2.2 runs per game. Yeah, it's not great. It's worse than baseball. Well, Did you know that the Orioles this season have scored more st- than I mean, statistically it is, but stylistically there could be worse. Yeah, You're not even thinking about that. Uh, did you know that the Orioles this season have scored more than three runs just twice? On Tuesday, April 12th, they lost to the Brewers 5-4, to four, and all four runs came on one swing at Cedric Mullins' grand slam in the second uh, inning. They got all five in the same inning on Sunday. Right, right? and that, that's the next yeah. point, all five in the same inning on Sunday the next day. In fact, the Orioles have struck out an AL leading 110 times or 11 times per game this season. The team has scored two runs or less in seven of ten games. I honestly believed that the Orioles were going to be no hit last night, given the time difference and the futility of the offense to date, and it got me thinking about how Plus many Plus that rabid opening day crowd in Oakland. Oh, yeah, all, all 7,000 of them. Yeah. Uh, about how many times the Orioles have been no hit. Glenn, in our lifetime, the oh, Orioles yeah. have been no hit five times. Which teams <sighs> no hit them? Bonus, if you can name the pitcher. Uh, okay, so, well, yeah, well, Boston, uh, both Nomo and Clay Buckholz. That is correct. In Buckholz, it was his second start for Nomo. It was second career start for Nomo. It was his second of two no-hitters. Um, the, uh, 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 yeah, Iwakuma, correct? Yes. Well, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't think you were going to get that one. I, I, it was an afternoon game in Seattle, and I remember for some stupid reason, I think maybe I was still doing the Ravens beat then. I had fallen asleep 
and my phone started blowing up and people telling me to tur- turn it in turn it on i was excited like wow it's mu- something exciting must be going on it was to watch the orioles get no hits yeah i watched it at my best friend's house it sucked um yeah, they lost three to nothing to the mariners on august 12 2015 it was Hisashi iwakuma you have two left. uh the others were oh god i i know i know i know these is the crazy part i know i know these um Oh, Wilson Alvarez for sure. Wilson Alvarez, August eleventh, nineteen ninety one. White Sox. And the other one was a. Br- it was a Brewers pitcher. It and was. I. It was. It was a. Ah, oh God. I. It's a Latin name, correct? It is. But it's not the guy I always think it is. I. You just tell me because we're too, running. Juan Nieves. Juan Nieves. Damn it! I should have gotten that. I Glenn, knew that. I couldn't have done that. I knew that. I, I couldn't knew have, that. I couldn't have done Chicago ninety one or Juan Nieves. I could well, have. I, the they used three. to like. Uh, I think it was Upper Deck. Used to make baseball cards mm-hmm. for every no hitter that was very unique. And I had a Wilson Alvarez Upper Deck baseball card celebrating his no hitter against the Orioles. I thought I was going to have to give you the dates and everything. You just no. not. You didn't miss. You got knocked that out of the park. Uh. Well, I mean, I was. Uh, we, we don't have time. We don't have time to talk about it. Thank you. Uh, good, good tidbit. Uh, tonight, totally tubular. CBS Sports Network. Loyola Georgetown, six thirty for lacrosse. Uh, Flow Sports this afternoon. Maryland Towson baseball at three. I'm going to try to get over and watch a little bit of that. Orioles Athletics tonight at nine forty on Masson two. It's somebody. We think Chris Ellis against Cole Irvin. Everything else. Uh, basketball tonight. TNT Hawks Heat game two at seven thirty. Pelicans Suns game two at ten. NBA TV. T Wolves Grizzlies game two at eight thirty. The thirty for thirty is tonight. Uh, Shark at eight thirty on ESPN about Greg Norman. It's not. It doesn't apparently does not cover the stuff with Saudi Arabia right now. It's just about his many collapses during no. his golf career. Anything else uh, non-sports-wise? Um, just a highlight? Or? Yeah, Mr. Mayor at 8.30 tonight. Like then that. you have Aaron Paul is on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon and on Netflix, White Hot, The Rise and Fall of Abercrombie and Fitch. It's a Netflix documentary. Sure, very good. Alright, thanks today to uh, Grayson Rodriguez. Thanks Jerry Coleman, Delegate Brooke Learman, Patrick Stevens. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Stanford D-Lineman and Baltimore native Thomas Booker is going to get uh, called in the NFL draft. He will join us tomorrow. Uh, are we making a trip to Bowie tomorrow? Is that we are? We're trying to get Gunnar Henderson. Okay, all right, that would be good. And uh, Drew Forrester joins us tomorrow. Stuff and things. Thanks everybody at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook, at Live Casino and Hotel, Underdog Fantasy Football, Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. Cass, where are you on social media? Instagram, Cassidy underscore Elizabeth22, and then Twitter, Cassidy Butler5. Uh, by the way, her mom did confirm that story of her did fight. She really? Yeah, she messaged me. Oh she 1,000% confirmed what she did in order to try to meet Julie Hertz. I don't, don't feel bad. Yeah, so. Well, you shouldn't be proud either. Uh, follow Paul at Paul Valley the Third on Twitter. Thanks to him. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex. Ryan is how you follow him. I'm at Glenn, or we are at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Go Loyola Lacrosse. Go Maryland or Towson baseball. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Uh, we, if you're with us audio wise, do nothing. We'll be right back. If you're with us on video, give us a minute. Simply the bets is next.
Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Paul Valley with you. I've had a couple of NBA playoffs bets go awry already, so I need some help trying to make some money. And we are getting very close to the start of the NFL draft, which will, of course, be the next time that we will be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Hope that you will come join us one week from Thursday night as we hang out with you for the first round of the draft. The NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard, will be joining me. We'll have great giveaways for you, and it is the best live betting event of the year. There's just, you can go right back up to the 61 self service kiosk bet on every pick throughout the course of the night. Looking forward to being in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland for the first round of the NFL draft next Thursday night. That is, of course, April 28th. Come hang out with us then. Later on in the program, we will check in with Leon Twyman, the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. But we start this week the way that we do every week here on Simply the Bets. Let's head out to Vegas. Our buddy at VEASAN is Mr. Aaron Oster, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing well. That that time's finally come. We're getting so many NFL draft props now, so I'm a, I'm a happy, happy. Well, I want, okay, so first of all, i got to give you credit because you nailed one last week that was, I was in agree with you, was Eric Lauer's uh, strikeout total against the Orioles uh, over four and a half. It was by the skin of your teeth, but you got it because he finished with five. So that was a good one last week. Hey, there's no such thing as a close win. That's a good point. Win. Just a win. Much like when the Suns tried to blow a 20-point lead the other night <laughs> against the Pelicans and managed to just barely hang on to cover the 10.5. It counts no matter how you get it. It counts. And I totally wasn't worried at all, Aaron. As you can tell, <laughs> Cass, Cass, uh, you can show. Look at my fingernails. I clearly wasn't worried whatsoever. I was doing clearly. quite fine. Clearly fine. All right, um, let's talk about that because I was just telling people we're going to be uh, we got an event coming up for the draft in the FanDuel Sportsbook. To me, it's my favorite live betting night of the year because it's very simple. Pick comes in, you can race back up to the kiosk, make your bet on the next pick, and you can do that the entirety of the night. I know you love betting the NFL draft. What are you besides anything that might come up during your five L's? What are you specifically interested in as far as betting the draft is concerned? Oh, there, there's a lot, and, and I'll try to avoid ones that are going to, like you said, coming up. Uh, the most recent ones I've played, uh, I've been looking. So all of the over-unders are coming out recently. Like, we've, we've been rolling out. Obviously, I had told you about the wide receivers last week. But uh, right now, you're seeing more draft positions uh, come out. One I really love right now, uh, Kyle Hamilton, the over on that one. He keeps dropping and dropping and dropping. Um, right now you can get a bit plus money to go outside the top 10. I think that's a great play. Tyler Linderbaum, I'm, I'm fading the uh, Iowa center just because I don't think a center is going to be drafted in the first round. I'm taking the over on that one. Okay. And uh, there's a few interesting ones, and, and one I'll, deal with, I'll get to a little bit later. But uh, I'm also kind of interested in under four and a half pack 12 players. And the juice has moved a little bit on that one, which is why I'm not including it in my five L's. But uh, it's one that I'm looking at under four and a half pack 12 players. And the biggest thing with this, though, is if you're betting the NFL draft and you really, you know, you're you're big on it. There's certain markets you're looking for. Just keep your eyes out at all times because, as as we're seeing, these lines are incredibly volatile. You might think you can get in on a line in the morning, and by the afternoon, it's moved fifty, sixty cents at least. Wow, wow. Okay, that is really interesting. That is very interesting. A lot of talk all of a sudden about. 
Kyle Hamilton being in play for the Baltimore Ravens, which is wild to me. I, uh, I don't think he gets past the Commanders at 11, okay. but the 11 is outside of that 10 and a half. Oh, yeah, so. that's, you're good by that if it works out that way. Yeah. All right, let's get into our five L's for this week. Aaron presents us with five bets that he's hoping are not five losses. It's just that all the words start with L. It's alliteration. I feel like you guys should be able to handle this. It's a bet that uh, is local. It's a bet that's a long shot, a bet that's long-term, as well as bets that are both lovable and losers during the course of the week. And you're already you're basically already cashing in one of the bets that you threw out last week. Your lovable bet, uh, you started messaging me afterwards, like, have you watched the line move? Uh, this one we're cashing in on. Yeah, last week I uh, gave out over five and a half wide receivers. I believe at the time it was minus 135 or minus yeah, 140. 152 was the number at the time. 152, okay, 152 at the time. Yeah, it's uh, minus 275 right now. Yep. So again, and that was one that started moving more, not immediately after uh, I gave it out, but I think later that day it started to move, and by the next day it was up over minus 200. So like I said, these lines, based on a little bit of news, Based on a, a mock, you know, a major mock draft from Kuiper, McShay, yep. whoever, or uh, even just some money coming in. I, I didn't. Uh, even, I, I don't know if I told you we had Jeremiah on like the day after. Daniel Jeremiah was on like the day after this last week, and I said, "Hey, Daniel, what do you think the biggest storyline is going to be uh, for the first night of the draft?" And I swear to God, he said, "The wide receivers. They're all going to start mm-hmm. going. They're all going." And I was just laughing. I'm like. Well, I regret not putting that one in when Aaron told me to put it in. <laughs> uh, that the, is... Oh, by the way, that's the, that's the one other thing I do want to say just about uh, betting NFL draft before I get into the five L's. So in most cases, I'm like a lot of people where I am a little bit of juice adverse. You know, if you're betting something minus 200 in a normal game, just because of how sports work, a lot of times you're not getting great value there, or minus 300. You know, th- there's no such thing as a guarantee in sports. In the NFL draft, there's more of a guarantee. If you really, truly believe in something, if you think, like, again, I hate the term lock. There's a such thing as a lock in the NFL draft. If I'm telling you that, oh, let's say, Sauce Gardner, I think it's almost a lock he goes in the top. So there is a way he doesn't. But if you're getting minus 200 on that, minus 250, there might actually be value in that. Sure. Because it is so mu- there are so much more guarantees in the NFL draft than there are in sports. So don't necessarily be juice-averse when I, it comes I felt, to the NFL draft. I felt draft. that way, by the way, against about the Warriors last night. They were like minus 300 in game two. I'm like, yo, have you have you guys seen this team? I'm like, I get it. It's the NBA playoffs, and Nikola Jokic is on the other side. So like, there's, there's only so far that you can go, but – I don't know. I kind of felt the same way where I'm like, and I, I don't even know. I think it was minus 275 or something like that, where I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like, that's just money. Like, and it turns out I feel stupid about not betting, just picking him to cover, but it is what it is. Um, I couldn't believe By the way, that, that Sauce Gardener under uh, 7.5 at minus 182 is another one of those that I. <sighs> you, you could get it at minus 130 yesterday, and it's now up to minus 180. I hear you, but aren't we like. Couldn't we be a quarterback away from something being screwed up there? Seven and a half is tough for me. See, it's not the quarterback that I think can screw you up. I think it's the potential of three edge rushers at the top of the draft that could get interesting. Okay, right. Like all of a sudden, Tra- I, I, I th- everybody's in on Trayvon Walker. All of a sudden, like, well, that's that. That's one. I mean, he might. It's not all of a sudden. He's you know at this point what plus one seventy five to go number I, one. I but, hear you. 
it's all about Thibodeau right now. So basically for the sauce, here's, here's the way he doesn't go in the right. first seven. Because I think at worst he ends up at the Giants. Well, two ways. A, if someone trades down, that could get all messy. But um, if, let's say, it does go Hutchison, Walker, Thibodeau, one, two, three, you have the two offensive linemen go four and five. You have Pickett go six. Then you have the Giants deciding uh, – no, excuse me. Uh, it's if uh, – basically, if the Giants have a decision between, like, Evan Neal, if he's there at seven, that's where it gets interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Because yeah. other, otherwise, I think – and, uh, and uh, my host on the, uh, the nightcap on Beeson, Sean King, has been talking to defense coordinators who say that there are some teams – who have uh, Sauce Gardner as number one on their back. Oh, I, you know, I've heard that from a few people. They genuinely believe he's yeah. the best player in the draft, right? I'm, I'm yeah, hoping... with, with two Jet, with two Jet, or not two Jets, with the Jets pick and two Giants picks, all of them needing corner, I think it's, again, not a lock, no such thing as a lock. I think it's very likely. I'm rooting for you to be wrong, so he falls to about eight or nine, and the Ravens can move up and get him. That's well, what I'm rooting for. Go. Yeah, it's not happening. Why, why don't but... the Ravens just trade up to six and make me happy? Uh, because I only want them to trade from their third and fourth round pick. They have seven third and fourth <laughs> round picks, and there is everybody's raving about how oh, this is a great year to have all these third and fourth round. Get the F. You say that <laughs> all of the time. Go get the good players. What are we doing? Isn't seven... that the Belichick fallacy there? Yes, it's you know what it very much is that you're right about that you're right about that. All right, let's get into the the five L's. Uh, he's Aaron Oster. Number one, let's start with a local bet. Uh, local bet. I actually just want to talk about a, a popular bet, trendy bet right now in uh, baseball, which is the first inning run. It's become kind of a new popular thing. It's been out for a while, but over the past couple of years, it's become really popular, and you, you can see why among casual betters. You can walk into a sports book, yep. place down you know eight first inning bets on all the seven o'clock games. Leave by 7.30 and have all your uh, tickets done. So, you know, it's really fun. The problem is I think a lot of these casual bettors are looking at this the wrong way. They look for the no first inning run because, you know, they just look for the, uh, the hot pitchers. They put the no, and that's that. Well, what they're forgetting is they're also facing statistically the highest scoring inning in baseball because both teams have the top of their lineup coming up. So I'm always looking for the yes in this one, and I think this might be an opportunity to play the yes uh, Oakland eight and three when it comes to first inning runs this season, and uh, I don't think that changes. Obviously, they scored a first inning run yesterday. The, the game did, and I think it'll happen again today. The lines are not quite up yet because the Orioles were late yeah. to get there. Well, they, they still haven't. Have they, yeah, they, they fi- still haven't officially yeah. announced it. But uh, when that comes up, I'll be looking to play the yes in this one. So yes, first inning run in Orioles athletics. Uh, they must have actually. All right, now that I look, they must have just announced it was Chris Ellis. So. All right. Um, I hear you. The only thing I'm worried about that is that, like, the the athletics lineup still stinks. I don't know who's back from COVID yet, but, like, it's still, it still stinks. And we know the Orioles don't score runs. They're, um, they're philosophically opposed to scoring <laughs> runs is a, as an organization, is something they've said this year. So it's the only thing that makes me a little bit nervous about that, but I hear you. I mean, like, it's, it's – and Paul was just going on to me about how good Chris Ellis is, that I believe he said you should change his name to Cy Ellis. Uh, oh. because he's he was brilliant. He was simply spectacular in his six starts in the major league level last year. So I don't know. I'd be a little bit I'd be a little bit careful about that. But hell, for the even fun of it, Youngs can give up a run in the first. All right, for the fun of down. it, maybe I'll play it with you. Maybe I'll play <laughs> it with you. All right, uh, next, let's go with a long term. Let's go with the futures bets. Yeah, what, one more baseball bet for against the NFL draft. This one, I'm going to say uh, Hunter Green, NL Rookie of the Year, at plus four fifty right now. Um, you know, it's very simple. He had thirty nine hundred mile an hour pitches. Uh, in his last start, 
That means he's going to be on the highlight reel over and over and over again this season. Pretty much every time he pitches, he's going to be constantly in the mind of voters. Right now, Suzuki is the favorite for a good reason uh, in the National League. He's smashing bombs. What's that? He's smashing bombs, man. I got him. Yeah. I got him before the season began. I'm I'm very oh, I'm very yeah. excited. That's a really nice ticket to have right now, as I believe he's plus one ten right now. And again, favorite for a reason. But I think there's still value because I do think that this might come down to Green and Suzuki when all said and done in the National League, and just his constant presence. Look, if I can get a two uh, two horse race at plus four fifty with a guy who pitches well, who profiles well, and again, who's going to be on every highlight reel because of how fast he throws. I like that at plus 450. All right. All right. That was my theory with John Morant and NBA MVP, and it did not work <laughs> out. So no. there is that. All right. Give me a uh, a long shot bet, something that's an underdog. You know, as, as I was prepping for this, uh, this is a bet that I actually liked a little bit more yesterday. But you know what? Well, well it's still a decent long shot. And uh, I had actually mentioned this to you over text a couple weeks ago. Uh, Devin Lloyd to go in the top 10 at plus 600. And uh, this first got on my radar when Bruce Feldman wrote about it. I believe it was about two weeks ago. And uh, he had Devin Lloyd up in the top four as just a speculative play of, this guy has all the intangibles, he's perfectly safe, he might be the safest player in the draft, and defensive uh, coordinators are going to fall in love with him. He had him all the way up to the Jets at four. Since then, slowly you're seeing more and more uh, notable mock drafts have him in the top ten, largely to the Seahawks at nine. Sometimes you can see him to the Giants at seven. But the linebacker from Utah, he's just a really solid player, and it could get to the point in the draft where if something goes a little bit wonky, a team's uh, you know top target is going to go off the board, they might just really default to uh, Devin Lloyd there as just a really solid, safe player and would make a lot of sense in Seattle, honestly, at 9. Okay. Uh, looking to shore up the middle of that defense. It's plus 600 right now to go top 10. I think I'd uh, take a bite at that. All right, I don't, I don't hate. I like Devin Lloyd, man, as a player. He's a hell of a football player. In fact, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be angry. I think the Ravens have bigger needs, but I wouldn't be angry if that was the the way things shaped out for them, and he ended up being the guy at fourteen. Aaron Oster is with us. We're going through the five L's. So now the big ones. Let's start with the loser, the one that you say, "Stay the f away. Whatever you do, do not make this bet." Uh, there's one bet I saw and I don't, well, I really, I, okay, I won't say I don't understand. I kind of understand it, but I really dislike it, uh, for two reasons. And that's Matt Corral to go in the first round or in the top 32 at minus 120. Um, first of all, I, I just don't think you should be minus money to go in the first round. If you want to say it's 50, 50, fine, but, uh, definitely should not be minus 120. Um, mainly, I don't think he's going ahead of Desmond Ritter. I don't even know he's going before Sam Howell. And I don't think there's going to be five quarterbacks taken. But putting that aside, let's say you even do believe. You know what? I do believe Matt Corral is going to go in the first round. I think there's a better way to play it. First of all, like I said, I do not believe that uh, Corral will go before Ritter. So that means if Corral goes in the first round, he's going to be the fourth quarterback on the board. There's a bet right now on FanDuel. The over-under for quarterbacks is three and a half. The over is plus 124. So if you think Matt Corral is going to go in the first round, play the over on quarterbacks, three and a half. You get better odds. Yeah. Yeah, the only way that the minus 120 makes sense, if you think that specifically Matt Corral is the third quarterback taken, there are only going to be three quarterbacks taken. That's the very narrow window for that bet to hit. You're laying minus 124. It doesn't make sense. 
avoid that bet. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I think that's 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 smart thinking. I I don't like giving you any praise at all, but I think that's smart <laughs> thinking. And then finally, uh, much like last week with the wide receivers, this is the one. Whatever you got to do to get to Hanover and get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. If you got a Uber from out in the western part of the state, if you've got to uh, get a piggyback ride from a friend of yours all the way down there, do whatever is necessary in order to get this there to make this bet because it is your love bet of the week. Uh, yeah, this is another one that I'm kind of seeing, and I feel like the juice is going to flip on this very quickly. And that's uh, the total number of players in the first round from the ACC. The oh. number right now is four and a half. I think that there should, I'm, again, won't use locks. I think it's very likely that five players go. You have Kenny Pickett, Ike Aquano, and Jermaine Johnson all completely locks. Zion Johnson, not 100% lock, but he's pretty close That's to a That's a buoy native Zion Johnson, by the way, the Boston That's College right. offensive lineman. Which basically says you're getting minus 108 for Andrew Booth, the Clemson corner, to go to the first round. And right now, Andrew Booth is minus 200 to go in the first round. So when you're getting or, the aforementioned, or the aforementioned Sam Howell, of course. Yeah, or the Sam Howell. That's true. Like, there are two players there to get that fifth spot. I think it's incredibly likely you're getting minus 108 on this. I love this bet, and, and there's so many different ways. And I was kind of going through it because I was looking at, eh, should I maybe play cornerbacks instead if I like Andrew Booth? No, 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 because cornerbacks are playing a lot more juice. This is the best way to play this bet, and I really think it hits over four and a half ACC players in the first round at right. minus 108. All right, that's his love bet. There you go. Uh, Aaron, remind everybody what's going on with Eason. Of course, we're getting you ready for the NFL draft. All of our shows from Michael Lombardi, Sean King, uh, Michael Pritchard, uh, just all of our NFL experts and our gambling experts are getting you ready for the NFL draft. Our draft guide is going to be ready, and we'll have those uh, out on our newsletter. You can check that out at Beeson.com and sign up for it as well as our NFL guides should be coming out late in the week. So sign up now at VEASAN.com, and if you go to VEASAN.com slash spring, you can get a special deal for the spring season. Excellent. All right, at the AOSTER on Twitter is how you follow him. Aaron, appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you next week. Hope all your uh, tickets hit, and can't wait till next week in the draft. That's Aaron Oster from Mountain Vegas at VEASAN joining us here on Simply the Bets. When we come back in, We'll check in with the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He's Leon Twyman, and he joins us next. This is Simply the Bets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. 
answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion! Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Stay tuned. Your chance to win a million dollars is coming up. Probably not from us. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue. No, actually, this is simply the bet. What am I doing? STB is what it is. This is simply the bets. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Speaking of which, he is, of course, the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He is our friend, Mr. Leon Twyman, and he joins us now on Simply the Bets. What's going on, Leon? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you all doing? I'm all right, man. What was it like this week? This weekend to me, by the way, it's not the NCAA tournament, but it's the closest feel that you can get to the NCAA tournament where you just got basketball all day long. You're not getting multiple games going at the same time because they space them out, so it's four games on each day. I actually truly love the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. What were the crowds like in the FanDuel Sportsbook this past weekend? Oh, it was was absolutely insane in there. Um, Especially that Brooklyn and Celtics game. That, oh, that was definitely whoa. an emotional roller coaster for everyone. In Holy there. crap, man. That one was wild. That whole series probably should continue to be like that, right? Like those two yeah, with I, the, the Kyrie stuff, right? My God, man. Yeah, I think it's going to be probably the best series right now. I guess it's hard to argue that. I, I was mesmerized. I, um, I put a sizable chunk of change on the Warriors last night because I had lost it. I, I, uh, I'm an idiot, Leon. I know th- this is news for you because otherwise I come <laughs> off as just a really smart guy and a, a, just a brilliant mind. But I looked at Luka Doncic being out, and I was like, how can the Jazz lose? Like, how could that be possible? And apparently right. I did not get the memo that Jalen Brunson was a thing. So I lost a fair bit of money on the Jazz last night and turned around and said, <laughs> well, I need that money back. So I threw even more money. <laughs> almost recklessly, at the Golden State Warriors. And thankfully, they look like the, the Golden State. The, remember that the first time we saw like that group of players come together and we were like, oh, this is kind of special. This team now at Jordan Poole clicking the way that he is, 
it's starting to remind me of that first group of players that we saw with the Warriors. Oh, it definitely is. And I, I heard that a lot last night. I, I kept hearing from everyone that was there, oh, this is this is the championship Golden Warriors. This yeah. is the team. Yeah, man. It is. Like, there's no Andre Iguodala. Well, I guess technically there is, but he's not that Andre Iguodala. Uh, to, to defend the way that he did when this for all all this first started, but Jesus, man, Jordan Poole is nuts, and they are a scary team. So I imagine that's where the excitement's going to be for the majority of the week in the FanDuel Sportsbook is everybody getting down there to watch the NBA playoffs. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely that, and also uh, this Saturday we have the uh, Tyson Fury fight. So oh, that, that's, that's right, that's a big one coming up on Saturday. So people can. So is that one that you would say, hey, if you want to guarantee your spot for, you might might want to make sure that you send an email to events at sportssocialmd.com when you get a big fight like that. Are you expecting a really big crowd? We're hoping for a big turnout. This this is going to be the first big boxing event to see uh, how it turns out. I would say do it just in case because yep. you never know. Uh, just like UFC, you definitely want to call for UFC. So I would say boxing would be the same thing for something uh, big like this. So that's Saturday night again. Events at sportssocialmd.com. And if you want to guarantee a table or guarantee uh, reclining seats to watch the fights on Saturday night, events at sportssocialmd.com, the way to do it. Tyson Fury is a big favorite against Dylan White in that fight. Um, give me an idea, Leon, just for, again, when we, we're we still talking about firsts here in the state of Maryland, right? Like, this is the first, as you mentioned, big boxing match that, like, fans are going to have the opportunity to come hang out, watch, and bet. We all know that you can bet the fight outright, but what are some other things that you can do as far as betting a fight, a big fight this Saturday night? So what you can do with this, you can actually bet if the fight's going to go to distance, you can bet um, that there's going to be like uh, a knockout in, in a specific round. You can do group round betting, so you can have like Tyson Fury to win in round one, two, or three, three, okay. four, or four, five, and six, so on. Um, the method of the victory, whether it's going to be by points or decisions, uh, KO, TKO, a draw. Um, there's also will the uh, will there be a win in sixty seconds? That's interesting. Um, Ooh, what are the odds for the that? Odds, wait, wait, wait. What are the odds, odds right are... now on that are a hundred to one for either way? Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 why would you tell me that, Leon? I <laughs> I might need to. You might know a guy named Schmlen Flark that might be wandering down <laughs> to just toss a couple. I mean, you can just toss like down two bucks, and it could end up making you two hundred dollars. Come on, exactly. man. You never know. Oh. Uh, there's also uh, what minute will the fight end in? Uh, will there be a knockdown? There, there's just there's just so many different things that you can bet with this fight. Uh, that's pretty cool. So again, get down there this Saturday for the fight. Uh, Fury and White uh, will be available for you in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. He is Leon Twyman. He's the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook. He's with us here on Simply the Bets. Leon, and then the big one, our next event with you guys is coming up one week from this Thursday night. So we will be there on the 28th for the first round of the NFL draft. And there are more and more prop bets for the draft that it feels like are available literally every day in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, they're just basically coming out of nowhere. They're, they're just adding these on the closer that it gets. So there's just so many different things that you can pick from right now, which is just insane. It could be a lot of fun for for anyone. I just saw, for example, you can, if you want, you could bet on who the Giants will take with both of their picks, parlay the fifth and the seventh pick together, in order to try to win some money that way. 
Um, and if, for example, they take right now the favorite is they take a Sauce Gardner with the fifth pick and Evan Neal, the tackle from Alabama, with the seventh pick. You parlay those two together, you get plus nine fifty odds for the two favorites there. So these are the types of props that are available, and they just there's a never-ending list of things that you can bet related to the NFL draft. And then, Leon, the cool thing to me about that night and why I'm encouraging people to get out that night, I think it's the best live betting night or event of the year because you can literally just go pick by pick with those 61 self-service kiosks is just keep walking up and betting the next pick that's going to be made. Yes, yeah. And that that just gets everyone more involved with the betting and – it makes them feel like they are there at the draft. Right? It's a great way of explaining it. Is it really does? It makes it feel like you are a part of the event because you are the one that's putting in the I'm announcing the next pick. My next pick is going to be Ike Kwanu. My next pick is going to be whoever it is. It really does make you feel like you are at the draft and you are a part of it when you're live betting. So we will be there one week from Thursday night. What else is going on this week? What else stands out to you events-wise, stuff people are talking about? you got action coming in on. What else is going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook? Right now, it's just the uh, the playoffs. Um, everyone's just hammering those playoffs at this time. Uh, we are a big um, NBA market, so the, the main focus right now is definitely NBA. The Warriors have come down to plus 500 to win the title. I'm... I think I've told you before, Leon, I am a massive Phoenix Suns fan. I worked out in Phoenix uh, for three years from 06 to 08 when D'Antoni and Nash and Stoudemire and Marion were there. It was a very exciting time in my life. I fell in love. I haven't relinquished it. And I am very nervous after watching the Warriors play last night. I am extraordinarily nervous about a potential Western Conference Finals. It would be great for basketball. Oh, my God, those nights, those games would be electric as hell in the FanDuel Sportsbook. But I'm very nervous about it as a Suns fan. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, we still have people that are hoping uh, Brooklyn is going somewhere. We just had some had some loyal customers come in last night and just hammer. Um, really, fourteen to one. Yes, they okay. were just hammering it. Okay, okay, we'll see. I mean, <laughs> not a great start to forget that you know. <laughs> Pretty good player to leave wide open at the end of the game if you're going to win an NBA title. I wouldn't recommend <laughs> right. leaving Jason Tatum standing by himself while you all <laughs> collapse on Marcus Smart. No offense to Marcus Smart. Just would say that maybe that's not the best way to go about winning an NBA title, Leon. But what do I know about basketball? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> not ideal. All right, man. Um, again, everything available in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's let's talk it through. Uh, uh, the kiosk opener 24-7. And remind everybody the hours otherwise for the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, so during the week, Monday through Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, we are open 11 a.m. to midnight. And then Saturday and Sunday, we are open 9 a.m. to midnight um, at the counter. And the kiosks are open 24-7, 61 kiosks. So you can bet any time of the day. Whatever it is. You're betting a soccer match that's happening early in the morning. You can get in there and bet on those kiosks. You're betting you, you've got a problem and you want to bet a Taiwanese baseball game or something like that, you can do it. You can. You don't know who any of the play teams are. I've had quite a few nights where something went wrong and I said, I need to get something back. And I bet on the <laughs> Rhinos and the Lions. And I just said, sure, why not? Let's see how it goes. I might have a problem. You know, it's, it's interesting when I'm looking in the system, just looking at some of our bets being placed, we don't see some of these bets at the counter. 
but we have you know Chinese basketball, Korean so, baseball, uh, and I'm like, man, who's betting these? Because I know, don't ever see these. There's <laughs> a guy that's been out for a few of our events that we've done there that always comes up to me is like, dude, I'm telling you, it's Gaelic second division soccer, bro. Like that is where there's money to be made, and he's not kidding. He keeps showing me all these tickets that he's cashing one. I'm like, brother, I, God bless you. I don't think I'm going to be able to get in on that. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be the case. All right, Leon Twyman, always appreciate it, my friend. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Yes, sir. I'll be there. There Appreciate it. Leon Twyman, the assistant general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And again, the big fight this Saturday night, Tyson Fury, Dylan White. You're going to want to be there. Events at SportsSocialMD.com in order to guarantee your spot. How about a tidbit of the week? All right. So first and foremost, Mar- I'm not an NBA guy, so you're gonna have to clue me in on this. Marcus yeah. Smart, yes, um, defensive player he of was, the he year. He was defensive player of the year. Yes. Was he like a shoe in? Um, I I didn't check the markets, so I can't tell you that. Right? Like I I didn't put any bets in on defensive player of the year. He's a hell of a defensive player. So okay. you know, I don't know so, if he was a shoe in. Somebody at the Bet MGM won fifty thousand dollars on a hundred dollar bet that Marcus Smart would be defensive player of the year. What? What did he? He won fifty. Fifty thousand. And, and how much was his bet? Hundred on a hundred dollar bet. Hundred dollar bet. Which means that he went off at five hundred to one at some point. Yeah, I mean, before, so before the season, I could see that being the case. Once mm-hmm. we got into the season that would have been difficult but before the season I could see him just being amongst the list of other players that were available that you have you have a certain number of guys with odds and you get to a certain point and it's like everybody's kind of 500 to 1 at that point gotcha yeah because there were people that were responding to this tweet that Darren Rovell put out saying they need to see the ticket because there's no way he was ever 500 to 1 or even 50 to 1 I that's why I asked how good it's, of a defensive player it's he was. It's tough for me to be- five hundred to one is still a stretch. I, I'm not, it's not impossible. It's not. I would you know. It's mm-hmm. not impossible, and you know, there's always ways to fudge odds, and so you can buy better odds, things along those lines. I don't know, man. But I don't know. Before the before the season began, I'd have to really think about. I just don't check defensive player of the year markets. It's not not something I've ever. I bet a lot of things in my life, Paul. I've never bet. NBA Defensive Player of the Year in my life, so I don't know what the there was. Look, I'm. It seems believable. Five five hundred to one. Five hundred to one is a stretch. I don't know. I I, I got to think about that a little bit more. Yeah, I I, I got to get in on this because I'm t- looking to buy a house in the next year. I, I, I mean, that would have been a good way to to put a nice uh, chunk of change down if you would have thought about Marcus Smart before the season. I wouldn't know who he was. I bet you're not. You're not. You're just not that smart. Ha! But I'm. All right, so that'll do it for Simply the Bets. <sighs> Thanks pr- to our friends. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Thanks to our friends the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Thursday, we will be back with Weekend at Bookies to get you ready for what's coming up this weekend. We will do that Thursday morning right around 1140 a.m. This has been this week's Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.